Here's a little story that must be told. About two cool brothers that were put on hold. They tried to hold us back for fortune and fame. They destroyed the crew and they killed the name. They, they tried, tried to step, step on the eagle and walk on the pride. But true blue brothers stand side by side. Let's rest, let's rest. So let's I can take rest. off let's breath, rest. cause I'm burying the truth and nothing less. No disrespect intended, but I have to show ya. If I didn't say your name, that means I did not know ya. To know ya to the point, to make it clear. If I don't say your name, that means you was not there. It's true, it's true. I'm it's from true. the old school, I'm the professor, and they are my pupils. Right, all right, yeah, uh huh, 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 just for the hell of it, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> nice. I, I heard I don't like it. Bro, you didn't like that one? You didn't like uh, that? That was pretty good. I was doing a little Dougie Fresh there. Yeah, you were doing. Uh, you know, you gotta get, gotta get real open. <laughs> I like it. Just for the hell of it returns, everybody, with uh, yes. Reggie's pick. Finally, this, this is your pick. everyone waiting on the edge of their seats for Reggie's pick. We talked about before the podcast even started. Uh, rap music. Rap music? You know, rap music is actually the thing that brought us all together. That damn rap music? Yeah. Was it? It was that rap music? It was that, that damn rap music. It uh, wasn't comics. It was that rap music. Well, you know, I was listening to the podcast, and it was because you, Jim, I could tell that you were about old, as old as dirt. Yes. And you kept making all these rap music references. And, and, and if you remember people, my first mail, I said, yeah. where do you come off? Yes, you talking where about do you rap. come and off? People are definitely going to uh, tell tonight that I am very old. Because yeah. once we get past a certain time, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> I might turn off the mic and go to bed because yeah. I really do not have much to say after, say, 91. Yeah. What do you think of that? But you're, uh, this is my favorite episode ever because you are going to host it. I'm going to shut my mouth. That's right. Uh, he's going to take a nap in the beginning of this especially because he is, as we said, very old. Uh, yes. This is just for the hell of it. This is our non-comics podcast. If you want to get in touch with us directly, you can email us at justforthehelloofitpodcast at gmail.com. No one has taken advantage of that this time around, so there's no mail to read. Bunch of jerks. But uh, if you want to let us know or tell us how much you love or hate rap or... Whatever you want to say, just uh, email us. Shut up, Dad. Yeah, or even, uh, you know, what they want to hear next or what we want to do, you know, down the line. Yeah, but, yeah, you've been yelling. Uh, nobody else yelled for this one except no, for you. just Red. me, just Actually, me. I think most of the people that we talk to or I talk to from our normal comics podcast, uh, it's a weird collection of rap fans. Yeah, Paulie B's a big rap every, fan. So is Brandon. Mm. A lot of these guys, they're all rap fans. You guys are going to learn that. likes the disco. Manship, no, Manship <laughs> likes uh, the Huey Lewis. Yeah. I'm sure. I bet you. I bet you Manship likes some rap as well. Rap music infuses all of our lives, gentlemen, as you're going to learn, that uh, people cannot wait to hear three old white guys talk about rap music. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly what the world needed, and we're going to give it to them right now. But first, of course... 
I'm gonna bore the shit out of people with a little bit of rap history because you're gonna shit. you're gonna lay down. You're dropping some uh, knowledge I'm bombs drop there. Drop some science. Drop some science. Uh, the yeah, science street cred. The science is gonna be very tight too. So I want you to make sure that you pay close attention. Do you know that rap music had a birthday? Oh, did it? No, that's right. July third, nineteen sixty-nine, maybe. No, no, that. <laughs> I have a feeling I know whose birthday that was. <laughs> but uh, four, four short years later. Uh, Rap music was born on August 11th, two days and two years before my birthday, 1973. Nice. At the Sedgwick Houses in the Bronx. Uh, first ever rap DJ, Cool Herc, came home from Jamaica, which was known for a, a tradition of selecting, toasting, and dubbing. Uh, I don't know if you heard of dub reggae. I don't know uh -huh. what the hell you're talking about. Well, anyway, uh, they had a strong <laughs> DJ tradition. He came back and realized that he could extend the break of a song. That's where the song has its breakdown, you know, it's yep. usually an extended... When, uh, usually they yell, break it down for me, fellas, right before then, right? Break that's, it down now. That would be later <laughs> on, you know, but sometimes James Brown would sometimes say, break down, yeah. you know, that's how yeah. it was coming. And usually wow. there was no singing over it, and it was uh, very high-powered. And he realized that he could actually switch back and forth between two turntables and extend that break indefinitely and keep the best part of the song going. And he called it the merry-go-round. Nice. Uh, first rapper was with him also, MC Coke LaRock. And, uh, Sounds like an upstanding fella there. Yeah, probably yeah. Coca-Cola. Probably wasn't about Coca-Cola. I have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, later on, there's going to be the MC Meth Crack. Yeah, is, oh, is, that's my, that was my name in the eighties. <laughs> Quiet down, Spoon James. <laughs> MC MC uh, Spoony Deep Spoony J. Spoon James was mm. was my name, but yeah, go really? on, right? Jeez, and he's here to that. say, yikes. Yes, I I was always here to say. <laughs> anyway. Coke, Coke LaRock, though, would usually say stuff like, yes, yes, y'all, uh, your mom is here, you know. Probably a couple of put, uh, uh, put out the weed, the cops are coming, so there wasn't a whole lot of great rapping. Then, get the uh, turntables, <laughs> let's get the hell out of let's here. Let's get the fuck out of here, yeah. So it wasn't exactly uh, uh, the, the rhyming rap that you'd think of. Yes, they hadn't gotten it down yet. A couple of years but, later, uh, Grandmaster Flash, who was a student at uh, technical school, built his own mixer so he could hear one record while the other played. And in that way, he could blend the beats a lot better and really make them sound. Come on, girls, let's rock that. He say one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that. That's how we got on beat and got to have actual rhyming with the rapping. It wasn't just somebody saying, yes, yes, y'all. And he called that his peekaboo system. Uh, Some terrible names going on. Right I know. Now. I, I used that system once in a school playground. I am not allowed you're there not, anymore. You can't. You're not allowed back there anymore. I'm not allowed there. I, I think said, they used that was, in Porky. I said it was, it, was the, it was Grandmaster Flash. They did not listen to me. You were like, this is my Porky's, my Porky's style. <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, cool. Just about a year, that almost the same year, 1975, maybe early 1976, Grand Wizard Theodore, who was a protege of Grandmaster Flash, used to carry his records around. 
And he DJed for the Furious Four Plus One, which was known for having <laughs> four boy rappers and one girl rapper. Uh, Shah Rock, she was the plus, she the plus one. She was the plus one. And let me tell you, Shah Rock was nasty. She could rap. Really? She could really rap. They did a song you know very well, actually, called It's the Joint. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the joint, you know. So, uh, so uh, he claims to have created the scratch when his mom came in the room to yell at him while he was uh, playing around on the turntables with his headphones on, and he kind of held the record as it spun uh, under the needle. And uh, supposedly that he created, he liked the sound, he created the scratch. Personally, I think that's bullshit. Anybody who ever used a turntable and record. <laughs> yeah, they're going to do the scratch. Has created the scratch, you know. It's just a I that created just the scratch. Exactly. I created the scratch. You know, everyone just stand up and say it on their own time. Yes. So, you know that movie Underworld? I wrote it first. They stole it from me. Oh, really? That was your there, idea? There we mine. go. I came up there with the Matrix. Go. Yeah, it had nothing to do with, like, uh, freaking Shakespeare or anything no. like that. It was there. I created werewolves, vampires, and Shakespeare. I created <laughs> werewolves. Yes. <laughs> so that's your basic uh, intro to the beginnings of rap, of course. Much more happened. That ended in 1976, the first rap song was not released to the public in 1979, and that song was? Rapper's Delight. No, it wasn't. No? It was Good. actually a song called Personality Jock, King oh, Tim yes, 3 yes. by the Fatback Band. That came out as a B-side right, early in 1979. Here we go. You just clap your hands and you stomp your feet because you're listening to the sound of the show shot beat. I'm the K-I-N-G, the T-I-M, King Tim the third, and I am him, just me, Fatback, and the crew, we're doing it all. Just for you, we're strong as an ox and tall as a tree. We can rock it so viciously. If you throw the hives and your eyes are based in your face, we're the funk machines that rock the human race. Skate down, boogie shot. Come on, girl, let's do the rock. Slam dunk, do the jerk. Let me see your body work. To the beat, everybody. To the beat. Early in 1979, and then it came out as an A side later in the year, and it took. The radio, local radio over in New York by Storm. Rapper's Delight came out around October of 1979, and that was yep. the song that people really remembered. And that definitely did sell well over a million copies. And uh, I didn't hear it on the radio, and neither did Eric, because he was not even alive. No, I was not. But I that think we're missing true. a big picture here. What's that? His the dude's name was Grand Wizard Theodore. Isn't that something from the Ku Klux Klan? Could be. A Grand Wizard? He was taking it back. Well, that's, that's what's funny is he had kind of dual membership. Is that he was a membership of the hip hop nation and the Klan. The and things the were very. Klan. This was the 70s. Okay? It was very remember. liberal back then. Yeah, exactly. Well, the 70s were crazy times. It was a crazy time. Hey, you know who did hear Rapper's Delight on the radio? I did. Oh, yeah. And I hated it. I hate that song. What? I always I, have to hear you fucking bash this goddamn song. I hate it. I can't stand it. Uh, and you want me to tell you my story? I absolutely I start I, my, I hear I'm it. telling you, I'm going to be heavy on the, the beginning of this podcast, and then you're going to hear me disappear. But Heavy yeah, Jay. Uh, I remember I had heard it before. I had heard, you know, basics of it. I did. I. It's not that I didn't like it at that point. It just was kind of goofy to me. At this point in my life, I was more influenced by my mother's music selection. Like, mm. I did not buy so records dudes. or anything at that point. I, don't, I didn't really even have my own radio, I think, at that point. This is when I still lived in Warminster. Yeah. Uh, and it was Warminster. not a very good place. It wasn't a very good place. It, it was starting to get very... Uh, 
We talked about it. It was a great place. Yeah, it was getting very diverse. and That's okay. <laughs> well, no, not when you get beat up because I was getting beat up a bunch of times. And the biggest time that I remember was to that goddamn song because a guy, now, we, me, in our regular podcast, you we have like PTSD the right thing. to freaking uh, rap no, well, the these guys, these black kids had, the one kid had a bike that he had some sort of boom box and he tied it to his bike with a rope. That sounds awesome. That's and he'd ride awesome. around and they were playing uh, Rapper's Lie. I think that they must have recorded it off of the radio. Yeah. And he had it there. I did all my first songs. And these guys were dancing and jiving and I was just sitting. <laughs> I was sitting on the, the oh, Jesus on our step outside our apartment. The stoop. And these guys were there and then uh, there might have been five of them. I don't know. Uh, I'll call them a gang. But they, they started... <laughs> They drove, they rode by me, the guy on the bike. Actually, I think he was just, he would walk the bike around. The bike was more to carry this goddamn boombox. It's a giant-ass boombox. They went there, they passed me, and one of the guys said, like, hey, what are you looking at? And I said, I, I, no, the nobody. guy with a fucking boombox tied to his bike. They said, do you like that song? And I said, yeah. And then they said, it's not for you. And the guy punched me right in the face. Wow. He broke my nose. Wow. You so you uh, literally had like holy shit. You had yep, like the, broke my the, nose. the white supremacist wet yep. dream moment right there and, where a black the, person the best actually was I punched in, you for listening yeah. to rap. He, uh, he said it's not for me. That's and then amazing. remember later when they had that whole thing when uh they claimed that Lauren Hill said that uh the, uh, the their she music rather, wasn't for yeah. She'd rather and like kill it, her baby or something. That crap kind of. I, I agreed. I'm like, you're right, Lauren. <laughs> I was told that before. But yeah, I got, I got punched then. I went inside and said to my dad, like, my nose was bleeding. It's fucking crooked. And my dad just kind of, boom, put it in place. Never went to the well, yeah, you were fine. I, my nose has been broken like seven times since. And that's since. why you're the handsome gentleman you are today. Yes, that is true. But, yeah, it's weird because Rocky later on I'll talk about my buddy Pete. He had a very similar situation. He grew up at that point. He had moved away from Quakertown and uh, was living in Florida, and he was bused to an all-black school. He was the only ah. white kid. Wow. And he said it uh, with Rapper's Delight. He would go and in the lunchroom during lunch they would play it and dance around on the tables. Is how he just, it sounds like fame. Yeah, You're really. Uh, racist, yeah, what I think. And, and they would they would yell at him and steal his lunch money. Wow. <laughs> and so, but the worst is not the worst, but the weird thing. He loves rap. That's one of his favorite songs. He loves it. I have made a point. He got over his fear. You did no, not. No, he liked it then. I made a point. I've never learned the words to Rapper's Delight. I never will. When it comes on the radio, I turn it off. And, and in fact, I, you know. So you, so you have no idea what to do when you go over to a friend house to eat and the food just ain't no good? No, no, I you're don't know. Me? You have <laughs> no idea what? what to do. I know parts of it. You know, Wonder Mike <laughs> might come over to me. I've heard the, the song enough. It's like one of those things where somebody will say, I've never seen that movie, but I've seen every part of right, it. Right, right, right. I've heard every part of the song. I could care less. A fucking rapper's the one. Wow. And then you, you didn't listen to rap for a long time after that, did you? No, well, no because you'll hear later my uh, my next song that I listen to is my favorite rap song of all time. But I will tell you that that came out in like 81. So it was a while. A couple years. I think a couple years later. Even well, here's the thing is then I moved. I moved to where we live now in Quakertown. And then I got crap for liking it from white people. So I, I'm just I'm right in the middle. This is a, be a beautiful thing. Thing. This I'm, is the, exactly. I'm the cream of the Oreo cookie of hate. 
That's <laughs> what I am. It's that's, the worst. That's what, you know, I think this says a lot about your demeanor, you well, know. It says that and also, all. Yep, and it also show you later when we talk about it why my rap stuff is very personal and I never took it to the streets. Yeah. It was very never, silent in my life. I don't want to get I, just I don't do want to get punched in the nose again. But yeah, go on, Reggie. Well, let me go That's to uh, so likes. so. We'll go in order. You know, uh, Jim did his. That uh, was 1979. Must have been yep. uh, when that song came out. So my first time, uh, actually, the first time I heard of rap was I read. I saw a uh, headline in the news. There had been some rap show in the Bronx, and people died. I think because I was going to say shit had to have something gone happened. Wrong. Yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was actually because they didn't have enough fire exits or something like that. But people died, and it was... Uh, was it a great white show? I know. Well, no, that was much, much later, you know. But <laughs> it, it is the time plaguing shitty shows since, uh, you know, forever. Yes. Uh, it's a problem that always happens. So uh, the headline was Rap Attack, R-A-P-P nice. Attack. And I was like, what the nice. fuck is rap? And I was like six. Uh, then that same year, there was something on the news about scratching. That was actually right around when Herbie Hancock's Rocket came out. Yeah, yeah. song and there's scratching by grandmaster so grand mixer d street is the guy uh mixing on there and they talked about scratching records on how that became a new type of music and i was like that's fucking ridiculous you know how old are you i was like six or seven you're watching the news yeah well i did have His to dad probably I did get to stay with my grandmother now my grandmother was uh no, your grandmother your grandmother was probably bed. like what the hell is this shit was like, like, ah, what is this <laughs> What is this garbage? This that scratching and I'm rocket is You'll awesome. ruin the record, honey. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the, my, my parents actually had 3,000 vinyl records growing up. Oh, really? They had a huge record collection. And the idea of me scratching them was like, forget it. That was abhorrent. <laughs> that was not allowed. So uh, that was the first time I really ever heard of it. But I didn't hear a rap song uh, on the radio until 1983, possibly 84. And it was Rock Nucleus. Box. Oh, Nucleus. It was Nucleus. Jam on it. Uh, which I I don't know, I, you know that song, Jim. I don't think. Eric oh, I know that it. Song, that's the one that has funny voices in it, going uh, yep. wiki 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 wiki. Yep, you Jam know. on it. Exactly. Oh, I love that. song. I've heard this song. I don't. Yeah, I don't love know. It. It's nucleus. It's I also the other song. thing, though, is that song has been sampled so many times. It has since yeah. then that yeah, you might have heard it a million times. Isn't that like the electric side? Wiki wiki wiki. Yep. Shut up. Wiki, 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 wiki. That's what they say. It's like these little, these little voices. That. And that's what appealed to me. I was like nine or something like that. So it's just like, oh, here's a cute song. Yeah. So uh, after that, I'd have to say the next big song for me was Rappin' Rodney with, by Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> you I, sent I me that. this I did love video it. earlier which is this still, week. Which is still amazing. I mean, that, that's, It's hypnotizing it's, when you watch it. I'm telling the, the background singing is the background. No respect. No respect. Oh I love God, it. It's so I, good. I, it makes me smile every time. And it's just like back to school. It's just his routine. Yeah. yeah. With a beat oh, yeah. behind it. I mean, Everything he's ever done is just his routine. Yep. What could be more perfect than that? So that was my first, that was my introduction well, to rap. Well, not Natural Born Killers. Let's, let's take that out. <laughs> but I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't cotton to it right away. Uh, that came a little later. But what about you, Eric? Your first entry to rap. 
I was thinking about this. I actually don't know for certain. I, w I would say that my first entry in the rap, the first thing I ever heard would probably be uh, Run DMC's Walk This Way. Uh-huh. Uh, but Another I don't really even count that. I'm saying I don't even really count it just because it's so, like, heavy on the Aerosmith side well, of it. That was the thing. At that point, I was a pretentious rap lover and thought yeah. that that was bull it crap. Was I was so angry by well, that. And I loved Run DMC. And you didn't yeah. like Rapture either, I bet. You didn't like Blondie No, Rapture. in fact, I was going to mention that. Um... You know why I always like Rapture? Because uh, Fab Five Freddy was mentioning it and is in the video. Yeah. And then later on, he was on Yo! MTV Rap. So I thought it was legit. So I went with it. <laughs> and I remember hearing Rapture and not even knowing what the hell. I just thought Blondie had lost her mind. <laughs> and then later on, kind of went back to it. But yeah, because Fab Five Freddy was mentioned, that to me made it, made it great. But uh, I'm a Fab Five Freddy fan. I'm saying I want to say it might be that, but the one that I really have a memory of that, like, I was just sitting in front of my uh, stereo I had as a kid. I had, like, you know, a turntable on top, an 8-track player, a cassette thing, nice. AM, FM. Yep. And I was just trying to record music onto a tape deck. And uh, the first song I ever recorded on a tape was Rob Bass's... Uh, Joy! Beautiful song. Really? And I'm telling you, and it stuck with me my entire life. We used to life. sing that a, a lot at That's work. my funeral song, by the when way. When I first started I working song, with so Eric, we much. would sing it. I would just walk <laughs> out. And all. And we had a guy, Ben, work with us. And he'd just sit there, joy. And then I'd, come on, come on, come on. That's hot. And pain <laughs> and sunshine. <laughs> It's a surprise that I'm surprised there. What what year were you born? Eighty two. Okay, I, I'm actually surprised that like fight for your right wasn't wasn't a big one. Even though you were a little young, no, he would have been like um, three. It still was. Well, no, it came out eighty seven. Well, so the thing is, was, so I did not really have a big musical so, presence when yeah. I was a kid. I didn't it really listen so to the radio big. a lot. And the only music that I really listened to was probably like the Beach Boys, like on cassettes. And uh, New Kids on well, the Block, because my friends started listening to it. Like the way you're saying was when I said that I was listening to a lot of my mom, like my mom ruled whatever, like yeah. any records well, I listened to were yeah. grabbing and mine were Bay City Rollers and, <laughs> and like Donna Summers. Like that was the stuff I was listening to. So when I heard, you know, Rapper's Delight. Yeah, but then after that, when I went on to uh, Grandmaster Flash, who was my next big band. Like when I was and, a young kid, music oh was mind. not very like big into my life. If it wasn't cartoons or action figures or comic books, I didn't really care. You didn't watch a lot of MTV? No, I didn't have a cable at the time. Because uh. I had MTV. The minute I had it, the, that moment that it went on, I, we had MTV. So that was where the other thing was with, when Yo! MTV raps and all that. It, <laughs> That I just, just remember, really fuel everything. I, I just remember when I finally did get cable watching Yo MTV raps and wondering what the fuck happened to Dr. Dre. <laughs> and then realizing, oh wait, that's not Dr. Yeah, that Dre. Was Dr. And my, Dre my whole big wait. thing was my big thing with MTV was weird because I would I love both 
Yo MTV Raps and Headbangers Ball. They yeah. were both my favorite. They were my two favorite shows. I love one twenty seconds. What was that? One twenty minutes too. And one twenty minutes. I really like that the too. The alternative shit. That was. Yep. Those were all great shows. But Yo MTV Raps was like. Every, that was my favorite show. Probably if I had the yeah, if I had to they had the daily name, and the weekend one. Remember, yep. like the, the if I had to name my most my favorite show of all time. That has to be in the top. I watched it every I would, single day. I would agree day. with that. Yeah, every that day. Was, that was like a, a seismic change in yep. uh, America, right <laughs> it there. Was, when it I, when was that huge. Showed up. Yep. And me, and then that was actually because of that. Later on in the '80s, that was when I kind of found a couple friends of mine who actually liked rap. My one buddy Jamie, who I mention a lot on the podcast, that he used to uh, jerk off into a sock filled with mayonnaise. Right. Right. He was also. He was a big rap fan as well. Very hip hop. Me and of him. him, yeah, and me, yes, and me and him would watch YoMTV raps all the time. I would say for the I most love- part, though, uh, people my age, their first real like uh, introduction to any kind of rap would be Vanilla Ice. But I was like, you know, listen to some stuff before that, even though I wasn't really that interested in it at the time. Yeah. yeah. Vanilla Ice, my buddy John got the tape right away, but I did, I'm like, this is terrible. I don't want to listen to this. And then I saw him in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. I'm like, this is awesome, like, Turtles! Go, go Ninja, yeah. go Ninja. It was so yeah. funny when, when Vanilla Ice came out. He was huge. Oh, and yeah. the weirdest thing about it was just when they found out that he was a rich guy from Florida or whatever, and then people went fucking nuts about it. That was yeah. all. Man, and it, yeah, but the, the thing is, up until then, people were all into him. There was well, the, I mean, and what, anybody who says they weren't is a bunch of bullshit. What's because, funny is rap is the only music that that happens in. That yeah. if, that if that if you're if your stupid backstory, you know, John Cougar Mellencamp, like, yeah, he didn't grow up in the fucking you know Mississippi <laughs> Delta. You know, it's like uh, Bruce Springsteen wasn't a hardworking you know no, railroading man. He's some guy from fucking Asbury, New Jersey, he used to work at the fucking uh, carnival. You know, yeah, yeah, but you know, terrible. you let you let him play. You let him play his uh, role. But in rap music, you know, if you if you claim to be from the streets, if you fake the, the funk, yeah. oh no, yeah. you're, you're bad news. So uh, and really, in the opposite way, before we go on, that is actually to me why the Beastie Boys they did get flack at the beginning because they were a hardcore band yeah. and then went to that, but they were legitimately what they were trying it's to true. do. You know yeah. what I mean? That that's why they didn't get much flack. Plus, I, I mean, they they had a different way of doing it, which was yeah. that uh, that was my senior year in high school when that came out. Boy. Yeah. That freaking exploded. That that license to ill album and it got me so angry because I loved it. Uh, because it, <laughs> and it everyone loved every, it. That's why I oh, made that you was mad. the problem. I got so mad, but it definitely like just like Vanilla Ice. Oh, he's a white rap. The Beastie Boys made such a deal of getting white music into rap too, like Led Zeppelin samples and shit like yeah, that, that yeah. just blew people's minds. And I, it angered me so much that I was against them at first. And then Paul's Boutique came out, everybody hated them, and I love them. Oh, you know, Paul's Boutique is one of my favorite ever It's actually my favorite rap album. It's a 
it also caused them to not uh, allow people to sample things because there's like 10 trillion samples. Yeah, that that's like the end so, of sampling is that album yeah, right there. Yeah. I actually listened to it last night. I was sitting in, in uh, going to bed, put it on. Tanya yelled at me, and I told her to shut up. At least you're off your Alice in Chains kick. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> That for now. I, I wish, like, I, I always try to slip in some songs that I do karaoke on the podcast. You'll never hear me slip in a, a rap song. <laughs> oh, no? Well, here later. I'm terrible. I'm saying me <laughs> rapping. Oh, it'd be the worst. Just once. Come as on. As long as I come to say, I'm good. Because oh, that's God, all my raps ever were. I'm Spoon James, and I'm here to say. I'm always here to say. I don't know what I'm here to say, though. That's where it all ends. <laughs> That's where it all falls apart. The, the, the worst, though, is they, they make fun of even, um, what's his name from Community? Had that uh, thing about the hat. Oh, uh, oh yeah, uh, freaking Donald Glover. Donald, Donald Glover. Glover. With that, you know, go, uh, going to the hat store and get myself a hat. Huh? <laughs> that, that's perfect for me. Yes. That is the best rap ever. I don't know what he's yelling about. That's I always want to go to the hat store. That's why Barney Rubble's one of my favorite ever rappers. Well, I mean, yeah, it's weird, too. But he when was we also get, here to say. Yes. When we get to the our favorite songs and things like that, though, I do. My favorite in my mind, my favorite is the fun party. Like even you said, when it started out, and there, you'll even get into it. I'm sure we'll go into a little more about you know the the battles and stuff like that. And uh, I love that, but they're never my favorite song. Like rappers delight. Like rappers delight. Yeah, that that throws me. Well, out, Jim, right? that's because you're hard as hell. But you know, <laughs> so, right. so you so you like BC Boys along with other people. By the time you got you were senior in high school, but before that. It, you know, people weren't didn't react as well oh, to your. Uh, that, that's the problem is when once the Beastie Boys hit, you had uh, earned it. I you had earned year. your rap. I love. had earned my cred, but also, Nobody I don't shit. even think the people who like and I I've even heard them get angry about it. The people who like them, the Beastie Boys, were not rap fans. Didn't care about rap fans. They just liked the Beastie Boys, and they only liked that album. It yeah. wasn't. I do not know one person, and That's I remember still true today. A lot of yeah, and Boys I remember fans going. Like yeah, I remember going. Uh, I was in Legion baseball, earning some cues, and uh, oh, yeah. we would be uh, on the bus. People would play that. They'd have a boombox or list license hill that whole summer. That's all people played, and the minute they got sick of that. Right back to whatever classic rock. It never. It really Holy didn't translate shit. into more rap. And the thing that got me angry was there were at that point so much better rap than mm -hmm. than. Even though I, I'm licensed, still I think is is a genius album because of what they did and what you know it, marketing all that. And uh, but yeah, it never translated. And before then, people just hated rap. Anybody I talked to. And I, I said to you before, like, we'll talk about, like, reactions and stuff like that. Up until that point, I was a huge rap fan. Probably three people in my school knew that only yeah. because they, it, I, I said to you before we even started, it was one of those things, like, if you, I don't know, if you liked uh, shit sandwiches and nobody else did, mm. you're not going to talk to people about shit sandwiches. Probably not, I, no. I'd go in and I, hey, that rat, no. I had already about known. shit sandwiches all the time. I already knew that people didn't like it. So I've already, you know, it, it takes one or two times for somebody to like, I don't like that shit. Well, LL was already out stop. at this point, right? Oh, big oh, yeah. time. Well, you know, yeah. his early stuff was great. Yeah, yeah but people didn't like album. it. Nobody in Quakertown liked it. Yeah, I Dude, loved that the, radio album. I was awesome. going to mention the year after... Uh, the, uh, the Beastie Boys album came out, License to Ill, was a huge major year for rap music. Pretty much uh, every album out that year was classic. I'm just going to list off a couple here. 
Uh, NWA, straight out of Compton. Yep. EPMD, nice. strictly business. Public Enemy, it takes a nation of millions to hold that's us back. Of, nice. That's one of my favorite albums. Slick Rick, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Put <laughs> Down Slick Productions, Rick. by all means Not necessary. Jungle Brothers, Straight Out the Jungle. Uh, Fresh, yep. Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff, he's the DJ, I'm the rap bear. I mean, it goes on. <laughs> Big Daddy Kane, Long Live the Kane. Run DMC, Tougher Than Leather. It's it's unbelievable. It's like rap exploded that, yeah. that very next year, but... A lot of kids didn't go along with it, although many no. did, thanks to uh, yeah, oh, Fat yeah, Five yeah. Freddy. Just nobody around me. Yeah. Seemed to go. Now, when I, when do, you, I went, do you think your liking it had something to do with turning people off to it, Jim? Maybe. That? Yeah, people acquired it like that yeah, guy. I was even. I wrote my notes. What's funny is up until the point that I started liking rap, I actually was known like you know when you're known for something. Yeah. In your your class and things like that, you know, surprisingly. I was known as like the smart kid. And really? Wow. I really do think once it got known that I liked rap music, that changed. Then nobody wanted to talk to me. You're I don't no know. Was, couldn't, but couldn't again, that I, I was a rap fan and a Dungeons and Dragons fan. I had a weird sort of combo, and I didn't have the rap music through the whole 80s. Uh, I did not have many people to, to share it with. And I don't know. And once, like you said, licensed to ill, and then NWA was big. Yeah. They were huge. Yeah. And yeah, by then I was heading off to college, and then yes, then I had a lot of people around me that liked rap, and we talk about it and stuff like that. But uh, up until then, like in the eighties, I just kept to myself. Me and my one buddy Pete. Me and my buddy Pete. And the funny thing is, me and my buddy Pete had a rap group. He hates rap. He, he never oh, listened. Really? Yeah, he'd never listen to it. I would listen to it. He just liked the whole concept of it. <laughs> we'll get into that. But yeah, if, if he was on right now, and I, you asked him, he probably would say he was a big Dougie Fresh fan. Well, he, right. he liked the show. Uh, but yet, other than that, he was like a big Heaven 17 fan and Yaz and Yellow. And the hell is Heaven garbage. 17? Oh, that's a whole other podcast. Of oh, yeah. Great yeah. Age, but that's great the that's the stuff that he liked. And then he even got into, I said, we had a weird connection uh, around us to the dead milkmen in Philadelphia. Uh, right. I knew some of them. And uh, my buddy Pete's stepbrother played in the dead milkmen for a while. And then he just went like that route. And I stayed with rap for it's, a while. It's, it's kind of weird, though, too. Around this area, it's like a weird hotbed sometimes. Because, like, in our neighborhood, we used to have, like, the Bloodhound Gang grew up around us. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they used to come by, uh, like, the actual, like, neighborhood where Jim and I grew up in Quakertown. They used to hang out every now and again. I thought they were from uh, New England, but I guess I was wrong about that. But then I know that a bu- yeah, most of them were from, like, our neighborhood. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I didn't know them. Screw them. <laughs> it didn't get me anything. Then I, you know, and then John Popper moved into town. The yeah. guy stunk up. I'm telling you, it is so weird that people would just come to this area. This is a shithole. Why would anybody come yeah, here? They come I for the know. chipped beef, gentlemen. Yes, they do. But yeah, uh, like I said, I my whole rap love and stuff like that, it was a lot of times, I even said to Eric, it's weird. It reminds me of when I used to read a lot by mm-hmm. myself, and I would get to words and not even know how to print it. I'm telling you, this is like the I Lord of the Rings. Week. I'd read the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I never even tried to print And then once I talked to people, once I started talking to people about rap, I realized I was an idiot. You I barely like... knew anything because I was stuck in Quakertown. Mm-hmm. Me and my buddy Jamie, when he got a, 
he got a license. The first thing we did, he got his license, he came home, and we drove to Allentown to go to this rap record store. Wow. And, and got a bunch of tapes and stuff. It was like the biggest thing because there was nowhere to get it here. Yeah. And you were like, uh, where do I find the ep? Yeah. The yeah. Ep- where's the ep? <laughs> you know, that's one of my favorite groups. Uh, what about you, Eric? I, what about your musical taste? Did people react to your... Uh... Rap leanings in any well, way? Well, my, my rap leanings were really, it really became something big in like 96, 97 when I uh, discovered Insane Clown Posse. Mm-hmm. Now, this has been, people focus, just want to laugh focus, at you and point when you find out you have a jungle ridiculous it is the best time i've ever had in my sure. life being a juggalo and following all of this stuff it was uh the summer i want to say probably 1997 when the uh halls of illusion video hit on the box did you have the box in new york oh yeah i uh, yeah. freaking love the box and then mtv2 took over and it was terrible then but if you don't know what it is the box was a music channel like a video channel where you would see like stuff scroll by with the names and the title of the song and you would call up this number and you'd pay a certain like a dollar ninety nine and then you'd push your code and then you got to see the video you wanted to see. And it would come up pretty quickly too, as I remember. Very quick, yeah, instantaneously. That was also the was only place you could see Madonna's "Justify My Love" video for a long time. Really? Yeah, because MTV had banned it, but that's a oh, different era. At, at the time this came out, this summer, the big two ones that seemed to be the biggest hits over the summer were "Halls of Illusion" by ICP and "Aqua's Barbie Girl." Those were playing nonstop. Oh, scene. Oh, my God. Hey, Ken. Hello, <laughs> Barbie. I used to love the uh, awful accent of the guy who was supposed to be I, Ken. I love that from guy's Icelander. voice. <laughs> that Hello, song, Barbie. How are you doing? My girlfriend still plays a single every now and again. She has. I have no idea why. But, uh, was that the first the time you heard thing, an ICP song? Was, was yeah, you know what, the funniest thing about this is when I met Erica and he talked about ICP, I was so out of rap by this point. That and Reggie, you you listen to Howard Stern, right? Sure. Do you remember when ICP first went yes, on Howard Stern and, and treated them like the biggest joke? Yeah. And people would yell at them and scream and scream. And I had no idea that they became big. And yeah, I'm huge. telling you, this was completely. I was oblivious to all of that. So when I heard Eric talking about this at work, like we were talking about stuff we liked, and he mentioned, I actually thought. They're a joke. They, and yeah, I had no idea that they became big because all I knew from them was Howard saying that they were awful and just people just yelling at them. They would go on and just get berated yeah. every time. He liked them. He'd have them on all the time, but it was also for reaction. But oh, yeah, yeah, I had no idea. No idea. Well, I'll say I saw this video 
and I saw these guys with dreadlocks, clown paint on, with a horror like a uh, carnival ride going on that would kill bigots and racists and all this shit. I'm like, this is amazing, and I'm gonna dedicate the rest of my life to this. Yeah. And that lasted for another, you know, maybe seven years, and then I was out. But still, that's a good that's a good chunk of your life right there. It was a great chunk of my life where I put on clown paint, bought a lot of merch, went to a shit ton of shows, and jumped in mosh pits and got covered in Fago soda pop. Which was the uh, which was the album that Disney start they were gonna carry? That was that one off that album. Uh, great Malenko was the album with Halls of Illusion on it. I feel like it, like when that happened, that's when they exploded. Oh yeah, it was you huge. know, like that controversy. I think put a little put them front front and center. And uh, I mean, they they released that album on their own label, I guess, or whatever. Some Detroit underground thing and and they became huge yeah so it was, uh, the thing is my buddy knuckles would always get all these albums all the time i don't know where he had all this disposable income but he would just buy albums all the time and uh we saw this video and we all just kind of went gaga for it he went out bought that album and like every album before that and we just sat down and just listened to all these icps and saw how they progressed and all the shit like that and it was just this off the wall murder carnival rap and it was hilarious and it was just amazing really i'd never heard anything like it before and i still like listening to it every now and again even though i don't consider myself a juggalo anymore yeah well you had juggalo pals to hang out with but were there any non-juggalos that uh made fun of you looked down on you threw things at you oh yeah definitely i'm telling you Everybody that I still talk to that I'm friends with are pretty much the guys who were juggalos in high school. Before we even knew what a juggalo was, really, um, we all just kind of came together in high school because we all love the same music at this point, and we're still friends today, but we were those weird kids. And then 99 hit Columbine. We all had long black jackets, mm. and, like, you know, our buddies freaking had cancer. We shaved our heads. Weren't those so dusters? No, they were not dusters. <laughs> Mine was a long formal coat. It was very nice. But... uh <laughs> We were just like the weird kids, honestly, and you know, but we also had a lot of good weeds, so people would still hang out with us, well, but they would think go. our music was a joke. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. I'm glad you stuck with it for seven years, though. It shows a lot of fortitude, both you guys. You know, your, Jim's got this uh, personal rap life, and well, uh, honestly, I'm telling you, when you, when you <laughs> when you listen to the freaking things, though, it had a whole mythology behind it. And they even had comic books, which I love comic books. And the whole mythology played out almost like that. Like a continuity, I know. Between, exactly. Between the different its... groups. I, I, I looked into it years ago. This is this is when I think first heard of Gathering of the Juggalos. And I was like, what the hell is all this? And it, like, it's a rabbit hole. You can fall down deep, deep. It's almost like investigating Freemasonry. It's, it's... so, like, there's so much arcane, weird shit going on. It's, uh, it's definitely huge. And those guys are multimillionaires, you know? They, oh, yeah. They made a... Empire out of it that still is rocking today. I mean, it remind it always reminds me of like a combination of Kiss and oh, yeah. uh, the Grateful Dead. Did, uh, <laughs> that people you get people to follow you and buy your merchandise. You're in. That's not inappropriate, I would say. But you know, the genius of the of the insane clown posse family is they've got like several groups that are the same members. Oh, yeah, and it's so good. I'm so telling you, ICP, Twisted, Blaze. Like, they were all their separate rappers. Then they'd have a super group called Dark Lotus, another super group called Psychopathic Riders, which was their gangster group. That was their gangster rap, right? That was and it was hilarious. Style. And they just stole all the music from other songs for it. Yeah, I know what that's about. Oh, my God. It, I laughed so hard at it. But I'm telling you, I realized in 2003 that maybe this wasn't for me. I was a fair weather juggler because I went to the Gathering of the Jugglers in 2001 and two, and they were in, like, uh, Toledo and Peoria. And I had a nice hotel. In 2003, they switched it up to a campground. I'm like, 
Fuck that. <laughs> no, huh? too too fancy for that stuff. I, I got a shower with other people in a stall? Get the now fuck out really of here. Now it really became the Grateful Dead then. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Smelly-ass people with face paint on. Pretty much. Juggalos, almost the Hippolos now. I'm going back to my hotel room. <laughs> Thank you very much. You could have brought a, a camper. but uh, They did the one time, actually. It might have been 2004, a bunch of my friends did. I've, I've seen I've seen shots of people that help put up whole trailer camps and everything, and they have a good time. You know, <laughs> see, if you're into that kind of world... That's gonna be good. Me, I don't want to sleep in a camper, nor no. nor would I want to, you know, listen to extended periods of the music. But, you know, it's and you know, if you're fitting into it, you're into it. That's a good time. I had such a good time with the music, man. The uh, for me, I you know, even though I heard uh, the Nucleus song about '84, it wasn't for another four years that I would really get into rap. I would hear a little bit of it here and there, but it was Public Enemy's second album, Nation of Millions, to hold us back. Which a lot of guys might be. here and there but it was public enemy's second album nation of millions to hold us back which a lot of guys my age that's the that's the watershed album that's the crossover album because they had a slayer sample on it for she watched channel nice. zero yeah and uh, there was a bunch of and that was also the time that i heard slick rick uh and which had porno had like dirty songs on it so that's <laughs> very it was very cool when i was 13 yeah uh really what got me into it though you know before that i was into like the Beatles, and then I was into punk rock. Anything to try to cheese off my parents, and they they loved it all. Like the, I, I listened to punk rock. My father gave me his Ramones albums. Yeah, he was like, so you had to oh, find something else. So when I found <laughs> rap music, oh boy, now I, I hit the ticket. My you dad, ain't got none of this shit. My dad hated it. Would, would tell me every day how it wasn't music. It was military music, and it was just indoctrinating me. Stuff that <laughs> stuff that he would Especially, never normally uh, say. Public Enemy. I know exactly. Yeah, he's listening like, to Public Enemy. Holy moly! It's fucking guys. He's probably like, what are you gonna join Farrakhan? Guys in <laughs> camo week? gear, you know, holding Uzis. That was my shit. You know, it was like yeah. so so, so loud. I love that album. Is one of my favorite albums of all time. And I, I had a, uh, I know, it's, it's, well, I mean, that's undisputable so rap classic as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, so I, I had two friends at the time, uh, one of their name, Brian Will, and the other guy's name was Zoran, was Zoran Perkoff. And he was not actually a wizard from the planet Mars, he was just from <laughs> Yugoslavia. But uh, Zoran Perkoff loved rap music, Brian Will did not love rap music, he was a big Van Halen fan. And we would get into wow. arguments. So he's got taste. <laughs> he no. would get into arguments. Wow. He liked the Sammy Hagar era. Oh, well. Forget so it. Can't, can't, forget it. Can't know everything. <laughs> so we uh, we would get into arguments all the time. And he would tell us, you know, the typical argument. It's not music. It's just people yeah. talking, you know. And then they're just stealing other people's music and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And to be oh, honest. Shit, everybody splats over and over again. Exactly. I'm telling you, the, the right funniest now. rendition of that to me was in the No Sleep Till Brooklyn, the, the video with the Beastie Boys when yeah. they show up. And the guy's like, where's your instruments? It, right here. He's got the record. He smashed yeah. it over his head. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's how people thought. It wasn't music. My dad yelled at me about that constantly. What was oh, both my parents hated all my shit too. 
which is important when you're young. You have to yeah. be able to find music that your parents And uh, it's weird. Stand. Before you go on, uh, up until after Rapper's Delight, and then once I was able to kind of get my own records and things like that and tapes, uh, the Beatles were the biggest band for me. I was huge Beatles, and yeah. I went the Beatles into uh, rap as well. But it, it really wasn't to piss anybody off. I don't, I don't like pissing people off. I tried <laughs> oh, really? No, I'm saying just like that. I, I, like my dad, my dad was mean to me already. I yeah. did not need to put a target on me. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd listen to rap music and he'd yell and he'd say it wasn't for me. I think rap music is in, your, is in your soul, personally, Jim. Yes. I think that's something. It's the whitest guy in Quakerton. Deep within your white body. Uh, yes. One funny thing about Brian Will, though, even though he was a Van Halen fan, hated rap music, uh, I saw in the theater with him, um, the hell was that movie, the first one? Uh, Crush Groove? I saw, uh, no, no, I saw New Jack City. I saw okay. the next one, the, the one with Ice Cube in it. Oh, no, uh, gotcha. Menace to Society? No, no, Boys in the Hood. Oh, Boys in the Hood. Oh, okay. I saw oh, Boys I in the Hood. I saw Menace to Society. I saw another one. Basically, he wanted to did watch... you see Colors? You see no, Colors no. in the theater? I, did, I didn't see it in the theater. I was I too young for that. My throat sliced seeing Colors in the theater. Uh, <laughs> but even though he didn't like rap music, he obviously was interested in the culture. The or, culture. Or he wanted some, to know something about it because he watched all those movies with me. And, and, and at the time, there was even like an element of news danger, like... You know, gangs are shooting up these theaters, yeah. so that wasn't happening out in Flushing Queens, but we could pretend that it might. So that was exciting. Yeah, it was closer than Quakertown. Yeah, yeah, probably. You know what's weird? We're talking about this. We have mentioned on the podcast, the regular podcast, all the time. Why did our theater, Eric, play Crush Grove and not have Return of the Jedi? Makes I don't no know. sense. No, they sense. didn't have Return of the Jedi the first time it came out or the re-release. No. I, I saw edition Crush re-release. Grove. Three times in a row. I just went out, paid again. I wasn't even like, if that's how you can tell, I never wanted to get in trouble. Yeah, I actually what a nerd. left the theater, paid again, and went in three straight times. Wow. I love that movie. But yeah, they had that. No Return of the Jedi. I didn't have to lie to people about seeing Crush Groove. <laughs> yeah. I read the novelization. Read the novelization of Crush Groove. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, then Ron said, and actually the novelization, and then the fat boys went to eat at a buffet and sang All You Can Eat. That was the, Which is the best part. It is. have all that the lyrics the right part. there. Oh, I love it. Well, uh, that's really interesting, I, guys. You guys. I'm really, looking up if there's a Crush Groove novelization now. There should be, or there should yeah. be a comic book version that could yeah. be. I'm telling you, I was looking up the novelizations series. of Friday the Thirteenth earlier today, and I was surprised that they did actually all of the movies. Oh, the yeah. original. They always, they always throw that out. It's, it's I want to know if there is a fucking Crush Groove one. I now. doubt they would have done Crush Groove, but I bet there is one for Beach Street. Maybe. How about Disorderly? You think there's a novelization oh, of Disorderly? Maybe. Saw that in the theater. Does that count? Does that I, put up my street cred? Sure. That, that, that might get you up there. I would consider that a rap movie. I saw that in the theater also, actually with my parents, I believe. Really? Because, you know, they love the fat boys. I don't know why. I have no idea why that happened, but that's how Freddy, it was. Freddy, 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 Freddy. I think they were like, oh, this is a PG-rated movie. Yes. Let's watch this. Well, uh, let's talk about our songs, fellas. Our favorite ever rap songs. Favorite the best. Ever. These are the best of the best of the best. Yeah. Right? Uh, should we go down from three to one? Or are we just going to say, how do you want to do this? Let's do it three to one. Let's make it exciting. So we, so oh, we can make right. the first my, one. Do you want each of us say our number three? Are we going to do that? We never uh, talked about this before. And you want to do each of us do our three? Yeah, each of us do our okay. three. And we're going to start with Jim because he is the old oh. one with the first songs. Well. So my I, your first rap song probably is from like 1910. I have a, I have a my, It's called the uh, Backhouse Jig. Oh, they, yeah. they call it. <laughs> it's called the uh, the Crossroads. The Blues. first time somebody came to say something. Yeah. It's, it's actually it's 
Kamir Watson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I was thinking, <laughs> there it is. It's Thomas Edison. It's like a Kamir Mary Watson. Had a little lamb. Oh, oh, oh. There you go. That was <laughs> it. Uh, my number three is from Public Enemy. Uh-huh. Uh, it's actually off of the Fear of a Black Planet album, which I had a funny thing where I actually bought that album, and a guy told me at the thing that it wasn't for me. I Everywhere I go, wow. people <laughs> tell me. That, and it was just a joke, and it was a, it was a black fellow at the place in Allentown, and I got it. He's like, "The fear of a black planet? You're not black." Uh, yeah, I, I'm aware of that, yeah. my friend. Really? Uh, but it is "Welcome to the Terror Dome," and uh, one of the reasons I love this song. It, it's kind of one of those where it's not that I'm going to tell you it's the best Public Enemy song. Um, it got me fired up that song, and I'd play it anytime I'd play hockey. That up until the nice. last game I played, I would I'd play that song and I love it. I think that that song, uh, almost to me, it like grabs everything that I loved about Public Enemy into one song. You have Flav fucking yelling and screaming in the back. I just love that song. And I was listening to it. The production of that is incredible. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's almost so sounds good. like about a, a orchestra's falling down a flight yes. of stairs or something. Just the, I'm telling that uh, it's so I love it. I love the the whole song, but yeah, that is my number three song. And yeah, I was listening to it today. I love it still. Beautiful. Yes. Numero dos. You want me to just go down the line? Go down the line, baby. What's that? Go down, down the line. The line yeah. Number two might uh, surprise you because. <laughs> It is NWA's Straight Outta Compton. And it, the only reason it doesn't make it to number Straight one is my Compton. number Straight Outta Compton, another crazy ass nigga. When punks I smoke, yo, my rap gets bigger. I'm a bad motherfucker and you know this. But the pussy ass niggas won't show this. But I don't give a fuck, I'ma make my snaps. If not from the records, from jacking a crap, it's like burglary. The definition is jacking. But when illegally armed, it's gonna pack it. Shoot a motherfucker in a minute. I'll find a good piece of pussy. reason it doesn't make it to number one is my number one song is the first song that really got me into rap but we'll get to that but you straight out of compton i love i love the whole that whole album but to me straight out of compton just because it was you know it was the introduction song for all the guys do you so even you, like do you even like something to dance to yeah i okay. like it all i'm you telling you, to I, that one? you know, I you know what the only song that i really Used to have a problem with was express yourself. Really? That was the only what the song. What's wrong with you, Jim? Come on. It just seemed too mainstream to me. Like yeah. that was their song. They're like, okay, we need a song that they can actually play on the radio. We'll get this. And I, I even believe the that whole actually thing was about, their first single. Was yeah, express and yourself. the whole thing about it with you know, uh, you know, we're we don't do drugs. Right? I you know. know. 
Thinking, oh crap! And I I could see right through that from Quaker Town. I'm but, pretty yeah. sure we've told you this before, but you got a picture Jim and I last year during the summertime, driving down the road, blaring "fuck the police" yeah, fuck the, the windows down. Out. And I was and, all excited and, until we got to a red light where we fucking turned it down a bit because other cars were around us. Of course, of yeah, course, and you have it, to. And then it was right back to the '80s for me. We're like, eh, even in the <laughs> '90s. But the weird thing about NWA to me is my my favorite band of all time. They, they are. Um, they also ruin rap music for me, and that's when I stopped. Because once the, uh, gen- not generic, but once the gangster rap hit full and yeah. everybody became lost interest. NWA to me just freaking was so hard when they came out, and it was such a, a different thing. And it, I don't know. I was an angry guy uh, in private. <laughs> Uh, but boy, and even then, like a lot of people say, like, oh man, I listen to rap music, and like Eric said, the the windows. This would be back in the day when I got my license and I'd listen to NWA. I'd have those windows tight up. I would, <laughs> and there was no way that. Uh, but I loved it. I loved. It just reminds me it. of that character Mike Bolton from Office Space. Yeah, yeah. I just I loved every bit of it. I sat and listened to that album, but straight out of Compton to me. Like I said, it kind of was the introduction, and you get everybody, and I love, I like Ren, everybody in that, everybody in NWA I love, uh, and I still haven't seen that movie. I'm still mad. <laughs> Me neither. I haven't seen it either. I've seen I, it. It's pretty good. I am boycotting it. Yeah. Eric's the they, only real one around here. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really was taken aback by everything I heard about what they, you know, with I me. told you that Dr. Dre was a saint. Fuck this movie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, now my number one number is... One. The message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and that song. was yeah. that was the next song after Rapper's Delight that I really like. It really caught my ear, and the reason was that you know Rapper's the hip, huh? The hip, and it's goofy. You're dancing <laughs> yeah. around, jumping around. I heard the message, and even that, it's like everything to it. But then once the it was a it was a story. And it, it blew my mind. It really blew my mind. Hearing that the first time, I thought, like, this is real. This isn't fucking I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles <laughs> no. and stuff that I was listening to at that point. And it just, to me, it made everything real. It's almost, it's funny. Like Eric said about when on the podcast, when he did see Straight Outta Compton, the movie, afterwards he thought, God, I can't watch this goofy TV said, show. I- no, it just got real. I put on the new and, Batman animated movie. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching yeah. this That's what for? happened to me. I heard that song, <laughs> and I'm telling you, every other music that I listened to... I'm very impressionable. It, it all of a sudden became goofy. <laughs> Everything was goofy to me then because all that, you know, I just heard a song about a, a fag hag and fucking guys killing themselves yeah. in jail. A, and, girl, yeah. a girl lost her arm on the subway, yes, you know, and yeah. doctors sewed it back as, on the again. You have to. It's not even just that, but we, Eric, I lived in Quakertown. <laughs> Quakertown. The worst thing that was going to happen in Quakertown in the '80s, I don't even know what. Somebody wouldn't be able to get a ride to school. Yeah. Nothing bad happened, and all of a sudden I hear the song, and it was like a movie, and it was shit going wrong, and I loved it. I thought, and that's when I really became. I became a huge fan of New York City. 
and and shit like that. Just you were everything like, broken glass it. everywhere. That's my yeah, kind everywhere. of town. And I'm saying though, because it just seemed like where like I was living the was a joke. Awesome. Yeah, it really, I don't even have to go to the bathroom. But yeah, it just everything seemed real there. And yeah, and at that point, I was really into baseball and. Uh, People would be mad in this area, but the Yankees were my favorite team because of my uh, friend Jamie. Again, his dad was a huge Yankees fan. So I loved the Yankees. And all of a sudden, it just, I became. I didn't feel like I had a real father at home, so I adopted Jamie's dad. Not even that, because that guy was a a raging alcoholic who was so racist. Uh, I'm telling you, there were times when we would watch the Yankees and Ken Griffey Sr. Would drop a fly ball, and there was mention of if it was a watermelon. Oh my god! Like shit, like that. Very my nice. buddy's dad watching yeah. basketball. Oh, it was awful. But um, it just—I I don't know—and just how everything. And I, yeah, shit. And I always yell about my dad and stuff like that. But like, I—I I always lived in a fantasy world, and then <laughs> it just became like New York to me was like a, a fa- and I'm a scared fella. I was very scared growing up. And also I know, so I had never even thought of going to New York. I would, I would get it from these songs and things like that. And that led to like, and since we only had the top three, but this led to the next deal was like uh, run DMC, the the self-titled deal with Rockbox and things like that. And that I'm telling you there, there was such in my mind, there is such an easy way of my rap songs connecting to each other because you went from this, then Run DMC and Run DMC. Well, people don't talk about it a lot. A lot of hard guitar. Definitely. The early Run DMC and that kind of went led. And then even Public Enemy, like I said, Welcome to the Terror Dome. But uh, a lot of the things. Bring the. Run bring was the a boys. huge rock fan. You know that you know that our Grandmaster Melly Mel, who was in the Furious Five, did not want to record the message. That really? was actually it was actually Sylvia Robinson who ran Sugar Hill Records uh, insisted on it. I think someone else actually wrote the lyrics even. Really? And he didn't want to do it because he was like, "This song's all slow. No one can dance to it." Yeah, and then nothing else was made. You know, the next deal was uh, what's it called? New York, New York was the uh, another song that, that like I the follow like up one. Yeah, it was the follow up, and it was they very. Didn't realize they were influencing Young Jim Werner. Uh, yeah, and they didn't, and even uh, what's it called? Um, what is that? With the one for the money, two for the time. Cut that. Uh, Break the hell? Dance. Isn't that just on the, the yeah. Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Adventures on the I Wheels lo- of Steel. I, yeah, I love that as well. I thought that was. I and that was more of like the dancing deal. But all this led down the line, and even I did say uh, Welcome to the Dome, But the next song that really did it for me like those was uh, Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos. Oh, I love that song. You know, and that, that, that was the song. It's funny, we were going to wrap it all around. That beat was ripped off by Madonna for Justify My Love. Yeah, nice. yeah, That's the yeah. exact beat. You know what the funniest thing? I was listening to that today. You know what else they sample in that song? Bring the noise. They actually sample oh, really? the noise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but that was like the next one in the line of songs that kind of blew my mind. And again, it's weird because I'm listening to a song about, uh, about a black fellow who doesn't want to go into the armed forces. It has nothing to do with me. I uh, feel it, but, you. No, it wasn't even that. It was just, it was a, I don't know. I can't even explain it really of how it, it blew my mind that it could tell a story like that and more emotion than just, like I said, I want to hold your hand or she loves you. The stuff I've been listening to. And yeah, it, it just, and then that led to well, the I'll beast. Tell you, in, in my era, listening to stuff like Straight Outta Compton and Ice Cube, and they would talk about how the cops were 
hassling them and you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, you listen to that stuff, and it's not like I didn't believe it, but I thought this is music, this is rap. They're exaggerating yeah, yeah. things. Well, and, and then you come to find out that. with the Rodney King thing, yeah, they weren't well, exaggerating anything. That, that was it's totally funny true. Because the New York stuff and Grandmaster Flash, because we live so close to New York, it did mean more to me. When I heard N.W.A., it almost, it, it's sad to say, it, it almost did seem like kind of like a cartoon, that there was all this, you know, uh, you know, violence and stuff like that. And I had never seen it, and oh, I yeah. didn't know. But, yeah, then Rodney King, and then it became real. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, back when, like, uh, I said, I really got into rap during the, like, ICP juggler type of shit, when that blew up, but... um. When I was growing up, it was all the East Coast, West Coast shit, which I didn't really understand because I'm like, I, I don't get why everybody's all upset about, with each other. I'm going to go yeah. over here and play some video games. <laughs> yeah, and but, in fact, that was when I was out. I kinda, yeah. That's what led, like I said, the NWA leading into the gangster rap and then the East Coast, West Coast thing. I, and yeah, I still hear songs and I still like songs. But yeah. it, my my thrill of the the music had had left by then uh, mainly because like, it California was just a lot a of track. <laughs> just a lot of anger <laughs> and i said when my uh, my kids were really into Eminem uh, they had right. not mentioned him in a, in a while but they were really into him and i'd listen to Eminem and he's very good but i'd think God, this guy is always angry there's never <laughs> a song where he's not pissed off at somebody uh, and it kind of got to you me you can tell I, a good story though i'll tell you that the guy yeah, can definitely do a story I, rap yeah when you were talking, though, I was thinking about the time because I listened to a bunch of songs before the whole Juggalo bit, but, like, I would listen to the Wu-Tang Clan, and I'd be like, all right, I'm talking about Kung Fu fighting. Look yeah, yeah. Shit. I love the Kung Fu movies. Really entertaining shit. I was, uh... I realized I like stories about shit that, like, fantastical shit, not real yeah. life. But even when uh, we talk about this, and, yeah, my songs pretty much, like, the three are pretty, you know, they're... They're pretty, not hardcore, but they, they're not dancing up songs. But I did like a lot of that stuff as well, like Lottie Dottie. Yeah. And uh, like I said earlier, the show. I, I the did show. Like Fresh. I love, and I'll, I'll mention them later, I, Eric B. and Rakim were one of my favorites. And like Microphone Fiend is one of my favorite songs of all time. If we had like a top 10, I'd have a lot of others. <laughs> I even like uh, me, myself, and I follow the leader. Follow the leader yep. also came out yeah. in 1988, oh, so another good. amazing album. I actually like, um, oh, what's it called? It's not Eric B. for president. What's, uh, freaking, what's their other big song? Mahogany? Uh, Paid in Full. Paid in Full. When, when, I love Paid in Full because it starts, and they just start talking about the people that hired them. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? It's like, oh, yeah. hey, we represent Rushtown Records. I'm like, what is going yeah. on? But being on being on Russell Simmons like marketing thing back in those days was everything, you know. That yeah, was like the was only so people getting money. I, yeah, in rap I had were no involved idea. With Russell Simmons. I remember it would come on. I'm like, why? Why are they talking about their management here? This is a very <laughs> odd song. It was a huge, it was it was a amazing. I love deal. them though. I, I yeah, this is real life talking Rock about Kim management. Rock him the Mead has the best voice ever in rap. I, I always I love Eazy's voice just because of how different it was. But I think Rock Kim me is the best voice. Of all time in, for in master plan, I love it. Oh, I love, I, hey Jim, I, you know who has the best voice in rap? Who's that? Jamie Madrox. No, Jamie Madrox. No, I don't who's even know. That? Yes. That's uh, from Twisted. You could also know the name from uh, the freaking X Men, the Multiple Man. Oh. Uh, and, and even before, I know I'm overstepping my my three, but even uh, <laughs> the uh, the whole thing with like. Then De La Soul and like there's so many and De La Soul to me I love uh, and I know you're gonna mention them later Reggie but I love because that was they were so different yeah 
they were they were so sure it was like it was like a level of musicality and it totally it totally killed this idea that oh you're just ripping off music and just singing over other people's music it was like no but you can you can do things with that music and and even that and and uh freaking q-tip and, yeah, and, tribe and, and Tribe Called Quest and Tribe Called Quest even came around thing. and it was around that time of gangster rap and they didn't go for that they they had their own different thing and I'm telling they I loved the uh, stuff on the um, what's it called the goddamn it De La Soul album because it not only that it blew my mind that they had skits yeah I know the songs <laughs> and stuff it was so good but yeah I don't want to step on your anyway so good. Well, but yeah, uh, uh, that's my three plus eight. Plus eight. Yes. So Jim liked every rap song between the years I of nineteen eighty three to nineteen ninety one. We didn't even. Get, I didn't even get into UTFO and yeah. Houdini and no, shit this, like that. Like, oh, Houdini. We're gonna, we're gonna have the, to save your MC Light love for another Roxanne, podcast entirely. You know, Rock Attack Part Two. So uh, my three. Eric, I'm gonna spin through them a little quicker, I think, because they don't really have as much of a. Uh, you know, lore behind them, but one of them is pretty recent, Vaudeville Villain by Victor Vaughn, a.k.a. MF Doom. MF Doom, that's you asking about MF Doom. That was the guy who made the first one. I've come to help. Listen to me. You help me? <laughs> Leave all the traveling board bill villain. You don't give a fly fuck who ain't not filling them. Watch what you're dealing them. Ace King Death card. Strong arm the wrong man. Pardon the left guard. Get money and earn it. That everything you touch turns shit. Got much to learn, kid. Write it up, burn shit. Light it up like the Dutch when the hash melt. Only time they see him when they meet him with the cash belt. I carumba, now that's my number. One dry summer, as far as I remember, burnt out. We're getting every edgy penny. Then he hit him straight to the head like Reggie Denny. Calling back when you need some more yak, horse yak. Doing 80 down the van with on horseback. Your man's sick, but he wrecked tracks, puto. Get back to bro, exact mundo. Victor the director, flip a script like Rob Reiner. The way a lot of dudes rhyme, their names should be knob signer. MF Doom. MF Doom, that's you asked me about MF Doom. That was the guy on the very first letter I asked about. That's the guy who was in the group KMD. His brother died. And, he, yeah. he and then after you sent that in, Jim made me listen to this. Well, yep. I, I, and I was like, "Holy shit, I love KMD." Well, no, it was I, I KMD no that I sent you, but MF yeah. Doom is like his newer persona. His newer deal, yeah. I had no okay. idea, and I was like, oh, "Okay, I, yeah, I he, love." He's him. actually based after Doctor Doom, and he wears a mask from the movie nice. Gladiator. He, you'd actually, I think, I think you guys would like dig this guy a lot. But this is probably my number one favorite song by him. But there's many. Probably he's definitely my favorite rapper of the new, of the last twenty years or whatever. You know. Uh, second one, I'm sure Jim knows this one. If not, yeah. Eric, "Treat 'Em Right" by Chub Rock. Go, go, go. You know, you love <laughs> like that one. Chub- Treat them right. I love that song. I wanted that song to be my wedding song, and my wife really would not. Instead, it was just a friend. She was not happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, Do you really want me? By Salt and Pepper. Really? No, it was. <clears throat> and the other song is actually a very rare song. Probably should have picked shoot. it because. <laughs> 
It was uh, Adam by Main Source. This was a, a single-only track, but it's my top number one favorite song. I bet I even cut it in right about now into the podcast nice. because uh, I really love this song. It's just uh, got everything, well, beat, I, rhyme, everything I like. Say, but now everybody has heard it. I still don't know what the hell it is. What? Yeah, I don't even know that I'm, I'm familiar with it. I'm sure you guys don't know it because it wasn't. It was, it was a single. Do you, do you know Main Source? Do you know these guys? No. They had a big. Their big song was "Looking Out the the uh, Looking Out the Front Door." They weren't that, that huge. Familiar. Yeah, you might you might have heard some of these songs back in the day. What was? Oh, you know what? They had another song, uh, "Live at the Barbecue." That was like N- Nasty Nas's second. Actually, I, I think I know that one. Yeah, the song okay. with Akinyele's on there. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So I don't know if you're saying words anymore. <laughs> and you know what? Just about now, you'll be playing "Just Buggin'" by Whistle. You'd like to hear? <laughs> <laughs> only That's the only your bar you Green Acres, just the Green Acres part. <laughs> I love that song. I was just going something. Oh, yes. <clears throat> so those are my songs. Uh, maybe if you guys listen to the podcast later, you'll hear some of them. Yes. What about I'll you, Eric? Now. Oh, see, I didn't really know what to do for this top three because I like I don't really think of songs like, oh, man, this is my all-time favorite. I thought of a couple that like really impacted me. Like I said, um, Joy and Pain I have on here. Uh, just because it's the first song I remember ever recording onto a tape, yeah. and it meant a lot to me, and I listened to it over and over again, and then spent the last three years singing it with Jim at work almost every goddamn <laughs> yes. day. Come on, come on, come on! Pump it up, pump it up. So I what that else? Shit. What else? What else? That's I, like that, I like that shit. song better than It Takes Two. I'll be honest with you. I think that's I hate It Takes Two. Uh, my buddy Pete's uh, stepsister played that song so much yeah. that we, we couldn't take it. It just got uh, killed. This song is a little um, more soulful, you know. Yeah. DJ yeah. Easy Rock. <laughs> uh, another one that really impacted me when I was a kid, just because of the movie Nothing But Trouble. I was just going to say, yeah, from the soundtrack, Nothing But Trouble. All Around the World, same song by Digital Underground. And when I first saw this group, and I didn't even know who Tupac was at that point. didn't even realize that was him in there until years later. Oh, yeah, but no like, one did. I'm looking at Humpty. I'm like, this guy is hilarious. Awesome. Humpty. The Humpty and Death this, was so good. I believe that was Tupac's first ever verse in that song too, right? Was His first it? recorded verse, yeah. Probably. He does like he does like eight bars in there. Well, uh, at one point I'm thinking he was rocking a dashiki in one of the freaking things. I forget which one it was. It might have been this even. Possibly. And it's funny. Before I looked this up before we started the podcast because it starts off the video starts off with the movie Nothing But Trouble, and I realized when the song starts, it's the uh, it's the same beat as freaking Walk This Way. Oh really? Yeah. It's a better, is it the same? No, no, no. It's, it's, just, not the drum it's beat, just, just the drum beat. It's the same thing. I'm like, Jesus Christ, because I was planning on talking about Rotten DMC's Walk This Way. I'm like, it's the same goddamn drum beat. You must love but, that, uh, shit. that beat gets you. So, was the video, am I remembering the movie or the video where they perform the whole song in the court? In the, in the courtroom, they start off, they do until Dan Aykroyd breaks out with his organ solo. Right, right, right. And then it goes into the actual video. Okay. And it starts just playing this thing all around the world, really? same song. Yeah, I, that song is awesome. I love it. I love that track. It gets me hyped up every time I hear it. And uh, just because it's one of the songs that I play all the time, it's a newer song. I think it came out two or three years ago. It's uh, called Whoa, 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 Whoa by Twisted off their Wicked album. Yeah. And Eric and shared this with me before the podcast, and it's sort of like a, a pretty well done rap ballad with uh, guitar strains running through it. 
I'm telling you, Twisted is a great rap group, and their final song on like a majority of their albums is a song like this. But this is by far my favorite song that they've ever done, and it really gets me hyped. Well, it's weird. Nobody mentioned uh, "Hey, We Want Some Pussy." Number one song. I would have done uh, "Band in the USA," man. You know that was. That, yeah, oh my goodness. B -b 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 band. Oh, fucking what a piece of junk that was. Yeah, that I'm telling you, everybody who wants to talk trash on Juggalos and think they're a joke, yes, I, can, I understand it's silly. Everybody walks around spraying soda pop and wearing face paint. Just do me a favor. Look up Twisted's Whoa. Actually, I think it was, it's actually called Whoa, Whoa, but I like calling it Whoa, 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 Whoa. But <laughs> Whoa, Whoa, it's an awesome goddamn whoa. track. <laughs> ICP, they have a certain. If they, if they speak to you, you should. Well, listen. this is Twisted. Actually, Twisted, in my opinion, is way better than ICP. As rappers, you mean? Yeah. ICP has a pedigree going back to the early '90s, weren't they? Like a, weren't they? They had a different name. ICP stood for something else. Inner City, Inner City Posse. Right, right, right. And uh, I think they were rapping. They were they were gang banging and rapping even as early as that. So. Yes. They, they have a real pedigree, folks. Don't fool around. <laughs> These aren't Johnny-come-latelys. Oh, no. So uh, now I'd like to talk about our favorite rap artists or groups. Um, and I told Jim that he can't only pick all N.W.A. I can't pick N.W.A. for everyone. <laughs> no, That's I'm sorry. Crazy. I think I'd like to start. Damn you. Let's start this time with Eric. All right, well, mine is uh, Insane Clown Posse, obviously. Okay. It really took a lot of my teenage years and early 20s, and it influenced, I don't know, I don't even say it influenced me. It just, it allowed me to have, like, all the friends I still have today, and I just had a great time through all those years because of them. And then that leads into the other one, Twisted, which was a group that they signed on, which uh, really, we saw them showing up in the songs and videos of the ICP in 1999. Mm-hmm. And they had one album out, and like a lot of my friends started listening to that. And I'm like, oh, I'll check these out. And like I said before, this group to me is way better than Unsane Cloud Posse ever was now. It's, it, they're the fucking amazing, honestly. It's, it's a duo group, Monoxide Child and Jamie Madrox. And they're, and they're still putting out records now, too? Oh, yes. That's good. Um, I, I haven't listened. I thought the last album I bought was the Wicked album, which means uh, Wish I Could Kill Every Day. <laughs> uh, which I just find amazing. I, awesome. love, I, I love it so much. But uh, 
And the last one I have is Tech Nine. Have yeah. Have you ever listened to Tech Nine? Oh I yes, think Detroit Legend to Tech Nine. No, no, not Detroit. You're thinking Esham again. Oh, okay. Whoops, sorry. Freaking Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Tech Nine. He is one of those fast rappers along the lines. I almost had, um, oh God, I can't think. Wow, what the hell's his goddamn name now? Give me some mo. What the hell's the rapper's name? Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. Thank you, God. Fucking, I was listening to the albums. I was trying to figure out what I wanted because Buster Rhymes was so awesome back in the day. Oh yeah. And I ended up going with Tech Nine though, but it's along those lines of the fast rap, and it's a lot of it's like operatic at times, and it's really cool. I don't know. I'll have to give that a listen. But Buster Rhymes is still uh, doing some fast fucking raps, let me tell you. Is he still doing raps? Oh, yeah, he's doing God, a lot I've of raps. I've been out of the game for so long now. He, he'll be featured on a track, but he did he did a verse last year. I don't even remember the song, but his verse was ridiculous. It was like Micro Machines Man level. <laughs> Just rapid shit. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have I don't to... know why that still impresses me so much. It's like a ridiculous kind of way to rap, but I love it so much. Well, I mean, look at this. We're doing a podcast speaking normally, and we still trip over our fucking, you know, two-thirds of the words. So you see how Wasn't, hard oh, yeah. it can be. Wasn't Snow one of those uh, quick rappers? Snow? No, no. He was the... <laughs> oh, well, I guess so you... He kind of was a little... He had a sort of like a patois, quick patois <laughs> thing. Canadian <laughs> rapper Snow. Yes, Canadian they... Jamaican rapper. Oh, yes. Canadian Jamaican. No, I want the song. I got a blade, a licky bone down. My friend Jimmy knows all the lyrics to that. He really? Can, he can actually really? do that fucking whole shit, which is really sad and amazing. Yes. What about you, Jim? Let's hear your. All right. Well, my groups. number three. My number three is a tie between seven groups. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, between L Cool J and Run DMC. Uh, but L Cool J, it's pretty much the first three albums. I, I once I really like uh, Radio and Bad. Yeah. And uh, bigger and deafer, if that is. But we still I, listen to those, a lot of LL at work. Those two albums are incredible. I, I think he's one of the. I really like his. He's just like right in your face. The next but, one was uh, Walking with a Panther, right? I like Walking with a Panther enough. That was the third one. I love the and cover because he's actually Walking with a Panther. Yes, he is on that cover. And <laughs> I, I think that one might even have one of my favorite songs, uh, I'm the Other Guy. Oh, Do you remember that song? You're thinking, I'm that type of guy. I'm that type of guy. I'm, I'm the type sorry. of guy. You're I the love type that of guy song. that gets suspicious. Uh, I'm the type yes. of guy that says the pudding is delicious. Oh, I love that song. Shit, it's like, unbelievable. Yeah, really, the radio album, though, was one of those earlier ones, too, that really got me into rap. And it's funny because you, you hear a lot of like, oh, you know, Run DMC got me into it. Oh, not a lot of people mentioned LL no. anymore as one of the. But they he used was, to. But he was huge early too. Yeah. He yeah. was in Crush Group. Uh, that was remember the scene in Crush Group with yeah. him trying out 
in the hotel room. That's where Jam dorms blast them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I love that. And Run DMC, to me, that was, it, it's weird. They're almost like, to me, were the Beatles of uh, rap that all yeah, of a sudden right. they hit. And yeah, they may not be the greatest. I, I do, I like them a lot. They're not the greatest of rappers, but when they hit, it was so big. And yeah, that got me into a lot of other things. Uh, and It's Tricky is, is a great song. <laughs> yes, it is. Probably my favorite Run DMC song. And really this beat is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. Yes, it is. Probably my favorite Run DMC song. And really, we were talking earlier, um, up until Tougher Than Leather was, Tougher Than Leather, I was was out then. Even Raising Hell. Actually, the song that I really think that I was like, boy, uh, Run DMC, you've now lost me, was Mary Mary. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't care for that either. I actually really like the beat of it, and I like the um, the melody of the... Of the rapping, but yeah, I I was thrown off by you that. Know, it's so like, whiny okay. almost, you know? That Mike D wrote that one for them. Who's that? Mike D. Really? Yeah, wrote, wrote the, the lyrics for that. The thing about that song to me, it was like they were still trying to grab another walk this way, and they run <laughs> out of ideas, and now they're going with freaking the uh, well, monkeys. You know, it's funny. When you juxtapose Run DMC and LL Cool J, Run DMC really did have one style. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, they, and they, they did it in a few different ways. Whereas LL Cool J, even up into the 90s, even up into his last albums, it's like fucking 10 styles. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got a love song. He's got he a always has a love song. He's got yeah. like a funny song. I need love. You know, when, when he they always in, made me laugh. When he was in that awesome. battle with, uh, with Cool Mo D, Cool Mo D was mad that cool he stole Mo his D. style, but... He only stole it for some of his songs. Yeah, some. You know of what I mean? It yeah. was like other it is, ones. It definitely like. is a cool Modi style. Definitely not uh, for no that deal. But boy, like just the song "Radio." The first time I heard that, it was just it was so good. It, it, the energy in it and stuff like that got me fired up. And I had a radio, so I, hey, I, look know, at that. I didn't have to hear about people breaking glass. Yeah. I had a radio. Just I like, think it's all because you were hoping that ladies would love Cool James too, but you weren't I, Cool I James. Did. <laughs> uh, I. Almost bought a, I almost bought a Kenko. <laughs> Actually, Spoon James really? came from LL Cool J. But, uh, I, yeah, I almost bought a Kango at one point. <laughs> As almost a joke, uh, I did not. It would have been, <laughs> that been hilarious. Uh, my, se- my second uh, favorite group of all time is Public Enemy. And yes. we talked about it earlier. They're just they're so good. And, yes, they yelled about Farrakhan and stuff like that. But even that, even when I saw the videos and... Uh, they had the military fucking guys going around and stuff like that, which led me to loving third base in the gas face video. Yeah. Remember at the beginning of that where they have the guys going? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and again, if we had more down the line, third base is definitely in my top ten. I love them. 
Uh, but yeah, I think we've uh, talked about your top 10 now. Yeah. yeah, but it's weird, though, with that, that people just forget about a lot of these groups that like, oh, the, the Beastie Boys were the only white rapper. No, they, they weren't. And third base was legit. I really like in the past hole. Girl steps to me and pushes issue. That knocks you got. Is that money a tissue? Feeling on the bulge, thinking it's her own. I tell her that it's money and she should move on. She says she's pure from her legs to her thighs and we should talk over some Chinese and fries. I tell her to step, but hey, that's the scene because she ain't nothing but a Brooklyn queen. We are looking for Brooklyn. We are looking for the Brooklyn queen. Well, I'm saying you gotta love Public Enemy because Corky like dances and sings. Yeah, to it well, and and, and it's funny too. It's when you have a band like a, a Public Enemy that I really enjoyed. That was one of those where like Fight the Power and yeah. like I didn't like it because that was the only song people knew. So I would be and against. Corky was doing it. And Corky's doing. It. I don't like wow. that. And even like 911's a joke. Too like populist. stuff like. You like the yeah. weird stuff like, like Black no. Steel and the Hour of Chaos. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> nobody's going down the street humming that one. No way. Uh, <laughs> yes, but yeah, number one's NWA. We could have guessed and, that. Yeah, yeah, that that just it all led to that, and it just exploded. I played that out, and I played the crap out of that album. And it also, at that point, I do think that. I didn't mind when people would hear that and actually get scared. Like, finally, somebody was afraid of me because of <laughs> fucking fuck the police and stuff like that. And my dad heard that and went nuts. Wow. I can only imagine. It, it blew his mind. Like, he was ready to kill me. And then I, I think I even tried to have, like, a, a discussion with him about, like, police brutality. <laughs> he didn't wow. He, he didn't want to hear it. I was not allowed to play that in the house. So I'd have to play it in the car, and yes, I put the windows up pretty tight. Very tight. I yeah. get, get in trouble. So yeah, those are my three. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to take a break here because my startup disc is almost full. So we're going to take a pause, and we're going to come back with my top three favorite rap artists or groups. Good evening, men and women, too. We've got something great and special for you. A whole new culture for you to see. A whole new way for you to be. Hip-hop is it, and it can't be beat. And it all started right here in the street. Break is the dance, graffiti's the art. Rap is the music, comes straight from the heart. So come on along and take a look, because you won't find hip-hop in any book. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for holding on and listening to whatever bullshit I just played in between our yammer. Good time. I would hope that it was something from Paul's boutique. It was probably trying to force you into something. We don't have the rights to that. It might have been Mars. We'll see. Mars. We'll see what, what, what I get around. How about salt and pepper? It might, even, it might even be just great, you know, quotes from rap ed. movies. It could have been. It could be uh, special ed. You know, he he does uh, own a solid gold telephone. So it, it's funny because that leads me into something I was thinking when we had the break is. Um, yeah, we were talking about our favorite bands and songs, and rap is one of the big things for me where I do I do have my favorite bands. We talked about that. But it is the music uh, that me personally, I have 
a lot of songs that I really like because it was definitely the one bit of music that I listened to the radio just to hear. Yeah. Like yeah. I did not turn on any radio station hoping to hear the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Or, oh, I want to hear uh, freaking my Sharona. <laughs> Nothing like that. But I would turn on the, in in Philadelphia. There was a Power ninety nine. And I would actually only only radio station I ever called into. Only time I, oh, yeah, I'd give fucking shout-outs. I'd get scared. I really actually <laughs> thought that if I gave a shout-out, they would find me. That's hilarious. And, uh, come and get me. But, yeah, I would do that. But because of that, I really have a lot of – and even that, I, we were talking special ed and too short and the UTFO and that, that sort of thing. I will never tell you that I like more than one or two songs by these people because I never really bought the albums. I like their you hits. You the singles, yeah. And I just hear the singles. And I, I think still that, love the radio. And yeah, oh, and that, that was the radio to me was basically for rap. And once I stopped liking rap, I really didn't because other other genres and stuff. I did have bands that I would just get the album and listen to the whole album. But yeah. rap, I would. I just wanted everything. I wanted bits and pieces of all this different stuff. And uh, probably led to me why I did. And people might even think uh, I'm full of shit. But like I said, at the point where I stopped listening, everything started sounding very similar to me. And I, it, it was a lot you of gangster rap, stuff like that. Yeah. And then, and really, I was like 22. Yeah. But yeah, I, I had had enough. And also, I, I ended up, uh, I was in a band at college and things like that. And then that kind of took over. And then after that, even though our band did a lot of rap songs, it was funny. Really? Yeah. God, yeah no one told me that. Stuff. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, we do, you know, we rocked it up. Now we got to get that. Even then, uh, at, at that point, and we're talking like 93, 94, even where they had that point where even like Rage Against the Machine, stuff like that started right. coming out. And that's when all these people that I heard, and the guy who played drums in our band, I told you, his brother was DJ Death. He was, and for some reason, he was an MC. I don't understand where he's going <laughs> with the DJ bit, but... Even him, like, he would go back to New York, and he him and his rap partner, everybody had their rap partner. He'd go back and record things, and even he, like, that's when he started with the, everything had that rock music behind, and you'd have a live band, and, he, like, there was a shift there, and I, awesome. it wasn't it wasn't for me. I was, yeah. I was like, eh, You're I don't like, like that. I'm keeping it too real, son. Yeah, I like the scratching, and, the, you know, I, I really, I, I even said it on a podcast at one point, and I, I yelled at Eric, about it, uh, yelled it like Rage Against the Machine was so proud that none of this is sampled. This is only us. We yeah. don't scratch. Went, Fuck you. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah. I am so proud of I actually, that. I actually hated them because they, uh, you know, they claimed to be so against the machine, but they were signed to fucking Sony yeah. or something. Yeah. I was, and yeah, and they're, I was they're, like, they're nope. yelling and screaming about Indians' rights, but yeah, there they are collecting their cash. I, I was it, very principled, as you might yes, know. Yes, I just, I'm teenager. telling you, the, the thing with me was just that they made a big deal. It, it always leads to me when I talk about this, and this has nothing to do with rap. It <laughs> leads me into R.E.M., who claimed for years and years and years when they first hit MTV that they'd never lip-sync, that Michael Stipe would never lip-sync. Yeah. I'll never lip-sync. That's selling out. Next thing, losing my religion, lip-sync, and from then on, boom, lip-sync. Yeah, fuck you. That was I get it. so angry. Jim was done. I was done. Then I was done with them. Bunch of I just move on. Everybody, I just throw them on the pile. I'm not even, I'm not even sure if you actually ever heard music. You just kind of like no. took and it then politically. I moved to, and then I found <laughs> the greatest combo of all my interests who Eric hates, and that's Beck. 
And I Beck had the God, hate the Beck. rap. He had freaking uh, all the that stuff. That first album I love is that. Wait, no, the second album, Odelay, right? Yeah, Odelay. It's yeah. one of the best albums I of all that time. Album. That is a great has album. rap songs on it. Has, it's got it all. It's got, it's got, it's got the rap songs. And, it's, and again, you know, it's the Dust Brothers who did uh, Paul's, Paul's Boutique. Boutique. Yeah, I know. And, same, and also similar sound. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But yeah, that has nothing to do. Can I put Beck as one of my top rappers? No, rappers? I'm sorry. Well, I'm well, I won't you know that he, that. he there was a story he had told uh, that he grew up like a uh, block away from Cypress Hill. Really? And, yeah, and then when they were on Lollapalooza together, they met him and they're like, oh, where are you from? They thought he was from England. Oh, and he's like, I can oh, see from freaking South, the Central. This way. He, he, his parents were really artsy people, but they lived in like one of the worst neighborhoods ever. And uh, yeah, Cypress Hill lived down the street or something. You find artsy people often do. Yes, they for do. A they, while. They're keeping it real. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, let's get to your favorite. My top three favorite rap artists or groups. Uh, number three, I don't know if you guys know this person, Del the Funky Homo Sapien. You ever hear of him? <laughs> no. He's got a great no, name, though. You, you need to find rhymes that'll work. You need to deserve the rhyming field. You're a nurture, rhyming yields and stops. My rhyming shield deflects your beauty rhymes this spec, so do decline. Any challenge, forfeit because your shit's unbearable, terrible. Sounds like you're sharing flows with trash. Let's come to grips, use a trip. Arrogant son of a bitch, none of us is rich. This is my stitch in time, enriching minds and twisting back. Which is simplistic raps I let a little bit of my lyrics leak and lather At my mouth like a mad dog And seek and gather your napkin bite I just dissect the mic Then correct the type So don't be sassy You won't be lasting Chastising That's why things swing in my favor Watch your behavior I cannot stand a rack of seats Step back if you please Don't test me History Or groups I uh, number three, I don't know if you guys know this person, Del the Funky Homo Sapien. You ever hear of him? <laughs> no. He's got a no, great I, name, though, you gotta admit. I, I think he lives down the street from me. <laughs> yeah, you think so? You think he's one of these very funky? I think yes, he might be the funky yeah, Homo Sapien walks in your house. Funking all the time. <laughs> he is, he's always funky. He's a guy, he, he was from the Bay Area. He still is from the Bay Area, from Oakland, and uh, he was in a rap, kind of a rap conglomerate called Hieroglyphics. Okay. Uh, which includes what year was this? Souls of Mischief. His first album came out, I think, 1990. He's actually Ice Cube's cousin, and oh. he was the second album out on his uh, Lynch Mob label. Oh, really? Uh, whatever the fuck it was called. It had another name, Street Knowledge or something. Yo-Yo was the first one, and then uh, it was Del the Funky Homo Sapien with I Wish My Brother George Was Here. Uh, it's, it's just got a great, great raps, lyrics. Can't beat him. I love the guy. Second guy we all know very well. Uh, is Ice Cube from NWA, but you know, never uh, heard of him. When Ice Cube split off from NWA, you could suddenly see who had been writing a lot of the rhymes. Oh, it, for the, it for definitely. The group. I was talking to Eric about this at work the one day. Like, yeah, when he left, you're like, "Yep, there goes the talent." There goes the, the <laughs> lyric Holy writer. moly! I'm like, yeah, every song on that freaking Straight Outta Compton album was you, Ice Cube, wasn't you know, it? Especially Easy E's lyrics, like just oh just yeah, tank yeah. after that. You know, he couldn't write a lyric to save his life. No, I, I love, I love his. I love his voice, but yeah, he was not the. T he was the, you know, the money guy and the hustler and whatever. But yeah, uh, Ice Cube was the talent. He was, he was the the good rapper, you know. Hey, I learned on the movie the that he was the hustler. Oh uh, yeah, well, and he, he actually grew up in the suburbs, right? He had like the most suburban. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that movie does all of them. That does it there, Aaron. No, it does not. Uh, and then I remember that. I remember there was a thing. Dr. In Rolling Dre was Stone. a saint. There was a thing in Rolling Stone back when he first, right, right around this time when he put out America's Most Wanted, 1989, yeah. his first album. Rolling Stone did an interview with him, and they were talking about how 
you know, he went to like a good school and whatever, and he just knew gangsters, and he was taking their stories yeah. and putting them into raps. So somehow he got a pass. I'm not sure, but he yeah, is, it's weird. Sometimes he is a little horrid. Get a pass. It's like MC Gusto. And there's the cricket there. When you're as good as a rapper as <laughs> no, I, I actually muted for a second to call. <laughs> I hate you so much. What a diss. MC Gusto. Yes. MC Gusto. That's a Chris Rock, right? Straight yes. out of low cash. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I have one story about Ice Cube. When, America, when America's Most Wanted came out. I hate you out, so much. When America's Most Wanted came out, I was going to, uh, in Flushing, the main street where there was a record right. store. And my brother asked me, gave me 10 bucks. And he was like, yo, go buy me uh, Ice Cube's album. And uh, so I went and there was you a guy. A sandwich. I, no, there was a guy selling bootlegs. Oh, really? For like three bucks or four bucks. So I bought yeah. a bootleg and kept, you know, half my brother. Oh. And, and it was and it was such an obvious bootleg. Like it was it was just yeah. looked like shit. You could, <laughs> you could rub the type off of the tape. Did, you, did he call you out on oh, it? Oh, God, he called me out. I mean, he, he yeah. gave me the beating of my life <laughs> and, and basically gave me the tape. Like, you know, fuck you. You know, I don't need this thing. So I kind of inherited it immediately. And like that might have been the first rap album. Might have been the first album that I learned every word like nice i knew every syllable i could rap along to every bit of it i loved every second of that fucking album uh although in later years i have come to appreciate the second album that he made more lethal injection but that's a story for another day yeah so, i actually when america's most wanted came out i was i was very upset <laughs> that ice cube left yeah. uh, nwa and i kind of uh, boycotted the bigger the cat, the bigger the pellets. Who gives a fuck about a punk ass villain? You're getting fucked real quick. An easy dick, it's not like MC Wynn shit. Trying to tell you a year ago, but Willie D told me to let a hoe be a hoe. So I couldn't stop you from getting gay. Now let's play Big Bang, take Little Bang. Try to diss Ice Cube, it wasn't worth it because the broomstick fits your ass so perfect. Cut my hand, I cut them balls. Cause I heard you like giving up the draws. Gang bang by your manager, fella. NWA and I kind of uh, boycotted it. But he joined with the Bomb Squad. You're, you know, yeah, you I, could I have had a better I, collusion for Jim uh, Jim Warner. Yeah, it's, again though, this was at the point where things started getting too much for me. I guess I, I don't know, but yeah, I actually was very angry at him at that point. <laughs> and yeah, I, I would have liked to try to. Personally. I found him, and uh, I don't know. I did like the album though. Eventually, I got around to listening to it, but. Yeah, and, and like you said, once I listened to it, I'm like, yeah, I see where the talent was. You can't deny it. Yeah, this guy had lyrics, boy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And my number one is uh, De La Soul. And still to this day, I have a mix on my uh, phone that's like two hours long of De La Soul tracks. Nice. One of the few bands I think I have every like album, every single, every rare vinyl they ever put out, or the, uh, all the uh, unreleased shit. Yeah, I love these guys, and I've uh, seen them in concert probably... Four Once a year, or five he reads times. Biography. I should, you know, no, they, what the hell their biography is. Well, that, I, I, I saw them. I actually beatboxed with them. Yeah, you, you chilled that? with I told you. Trugoy I, and Mace. I, yep. And Trugoy and Mace. And Trugoy, 
nicest guy ever. Mace was kind of a jerk. I'll, I'll tell you that. But uh, he, he was the tough guy in the group. You know, whenever, he was. There was, whenever there was fighting going on, it was. It's funny of Mace. too about those guys where they get a pass because what happened is um, the drummer in my band, the guy, even his brother, who was a rapper, I told you, DJ Death. Uh, <laughs> one summer or not summer, it was around Christmas. We went home to their house in Amityville, and and tell they, me that. And there was the next. They lived next to the Amityville Horror House. Awesome. But yeah, we went home and they had a football game, and we went to the football game, and Trugoy and Mace were there, and Bill. Like the greatest was, Christmas ever. And Bill <laughs> DJ Death was actually lab partners with Mace in school. Wow. And they they both of them came back. We talked. I sat with them during the thing, and people came up and talked to them, and they were very nice. And uh, one thing is number one, I met Trugoy. No, right away, you could tell this guy is smarter than anybody who I had ever met. I, oh, yeah. He was the, one of the smartest guys. What just, year is this about, like 90? Uh, this was like 91. Okay. I think it was after, um, what's it called? De La Soul's Dead. De La Soul's Dead. It was right after that. And um, we were doing, and then they, they came back to Bill and Ken's house. And it's funny because they came back and their Ken's mom knew them and you talking because they would hang out a lot and uh they sat there and then all of a sudden like we started beatboxing they were doing some songs it was funny there was uh, a freaking uh you know some uh freestyling <laughs> me beatboxing wow. was the first and they made fun of me and i i actually got a picture with them oh yeah they were making Best fun of me Christmas the whole time ever. i think it would have been funny. funnier if mace said uh this isn't for you yeah, well, no, but the funniest thing, and then punched me in the face. <laughs> I'll tell you, even like now, Rode away at on his that bicycle point, this is, like, this is right at the point where I had just just started not being into rap, but I knew, you know, a lot of songs. So we talked a little rap, and they, but uh, again, they, they didn't really want to talk that much rap. But yeah, we were back. It was some night fucking rapping in their fucking den. There you go. The Amityville Horror House. And yeah, and uh, even then, like uh, uh, Bill said that Trugoy and uh, Pasta News, they were like the smartest kids in their school. The, these guys, and the, the thing is, it fits their whole deal. It does. It's not like you can't, like, you can't call them out on that because they were definitely different. They had their own style. I, I love them. And you got, and I they, mean, the vocabulary just alone. Yeah. You know? I mean, these are like uh, Rhodes Scholars compared to some other rappers oh, out yeah, there. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you have guys like 50 Cent yeah. where they're, they're rapping about their life and things like that. That's fine. Uh, yeah, De La Soul was like a different level. But they're they're they, rapping they, trigger and other words that rhyme with trigger too often. You know that's what you see yes. a lot of times. So <laughs> yeah, really. Early and two thousand. And I mentioned earlier, like Dale of Soul, I love rapping. Uh, Three feet high and rising is such a good album, yeah. and it it just I loved it because it had skits, at Prince Paul, uh, other and uh, like all those songs just made me laugh. But and in fact, I believe. If I would think, I think that I was doing some beatboxing to a little bit of soap. Oh my goodness. I think that's what we were doing. Please listen to this simple de la style I'm gonna sing. It's strongly directed to all the misery you're bringing. Now, I'm not all about this in someone else's personnel, but there's no quota on your odor. That's right, you smell. You might feel a little embarrassed, don't take it too hard. And 
don't make it worse by covering it up with some right guard Before you even put on your sim shirt and fat the rope Just take your big ass to the bathroom and please use a little Beatboxing. I was actually, I was actually going to pick "Say No Go" as one of my favorite That's an awesome song. And the funny thing about that too, that song was because it was a uh, Hall and Oates. Yeah, that was really what it is. Yeah, that was the hook. And it was so uh, funny to me. Steely Dan on the riff. Even at that, yeah, even at that point, like those are two of the whitest groups you could kind of. (laughs) Steely Dan and and Hall and Oates. You don't get much white, and I really liked it. Yeah, that whole album though is great, and. Do you remember when um, Me, Myself, and I, the video came out? Yeah. And it was just right there. Like, you had straight out of Compton where you just freaking NWA's going down the street. And they're going to kill anybody who crosses their path. And then you have freaking Me, Myself, and I, and they are just, and you remember that, I believe, what's his name was in it? That Randy. That freaking, Randy the Redwoods. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He I was in the totally video. About him. And, and I was like, what the hell? This is crazy. And it's funny because they really, because of that video, they got me to like them before I would have even heard the song because they were so intriguing to me yeah. that, that they were like hit. They, they threw themselves out there as the hippie rappers at that point. Yeah. It was like, you know, they were the, the hippie version. Which they of ran that. from on the second album. They were yeah, like, no, yeah. no, we're But dead. yeah, that was like their first kind of deal. And it, it did. It really caught my eye. They, and it kind of. They claimed to be ushering in the Daisy Age. The Daisy. I mean, come on. You know, what, what, what is that about? It's really, <laughs> oh, I, I really do like them. And yeah, if we had more picks, they would have probably been up there in, my, in my top five. Yeah. Just, I'm saying that every I really rap like song between '83 <laughs> and '91. It's about '91 when it ended, but yeah, I, I really did like them. Uh, that was one of my buddy Charlie. Uh, he hated rap, and then that album came out, loved it. Yeah, that that was like his, and I bet he's still a rap fan now because he got really into like. Uh, uh, shit in the '90s as well. After you know, you know what, what I find though is that when I when I talk to people that uh, are even you know that got into rap much later in life, or they really liked the post Biggie and Jay Z. Yeah, era, yeah, yeah. They this you know that album leaves them cold. They can't stand Three Feet High and Rising. They they might like Stakes Is High. Or balloon mind state, but they, yeah. they find three feet no, high and rising kind of, to be it crazy. It is a goofy album. It is. I it's, guess if you if you don't goofy. if you don't think rap can be fun, then that's the album. Yeah, not that's for you. so fun. Uh, and that kind of that album to me in my mind came off the heels in in my listening to say a Paul's boutique, and that kind of ran in because that though that doesn't have the jokes or whatever, it is a funny album. There's some crazy for shit. For sure, this whole game it, show. Oh yeah, it's so crazy. And yeah, and it, it really was funny. And I don't is that it has to be. I I never looked it up. It has to be one of the first albums to me like that that had skits. With skits, yeah, I can't think of another one. You know, but it no. definitely it definitely affected me. Well, and it's funny because when our my band in college, we had a. Uh, album we made and we actually had skits and uh crank calls in between the songs That's and awesome. people people made fun of us that, that was you know when I, when I first ever and now we're going to go into what i'm calling the meat and cheese of the just oh. just for the hell of it podcast uh where we're going to talk about the times that we indulged in uh the rap music and culture the rap game the rap gizame when i first uh ever really tried to do a solo 
album, which would have been when I was about 22 or something like that, I tried to do all these skits. I tried to have this whole unified thing, and it was such a fucking pain in the ass, and it pretty much killed the whole thing because it was so hard to get people coordinated and serious about yeah. you know, doing skits and, 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 and getting the sound right and everything. But my dream was obviously to do like a De La Soul's Dead or, yeah, that's or Three what Feet we, High that's and Rising. That's kind of what we did. That was and what it was all about. I remember, did you go and get one of those suction cup uh, recorders, you know what I'm talking about? They see mine was a little bit earlier, but we we had to go to Radio Shack, and the thing to record off the, the phone, phone yeah. was actually a <laughs> suction cup that had a uh, a mic inside yeah. that you would put on the back of the phone. Jim was phone free. Awesome. Oh, so good! And we would just call people and talk about shit about the band, and nobody <laughs> knew what we were talking about, and that was the big joke. Like the one guy's name was uh, uh, Abe, and we could, hey Abe there. No, who who said you know Abe Abe there? Yeah, it was so stupid, but it was. And Ken, the guy who did know De La Soul, he was perfect at it. He was like a jerky boy. Oh yeah, and that was like right before that hit as well. Uh, but we had heard that he had gotten the tape, so it was kind of like a combination of the two. And oh, we had so much fun. Yeah, sure. but yeah, then we had skits in between and shit like that. Thing is, oh. like when, when my group did, we we would do a thing where we would get really stoned and just turn the microphone on and just sit down and just hang out and do like like uh, freestyle and just bullshit about stuff, mm. and we would edit out the best stuff and that's what we would have. Well, in the meantime, this was in an album that was very grunge. <laughs> this was not a rap album. This was yeah. my regular band. Yeah, we were more of like a grunge slash like nine, uh, more like an '80s style, but grunge. It was ridiculous. The yeah. best parts were these things, and then we had a song that was uh, like a Mexican uh, rumba at the end. That was a big <laughs> joke, and everybody liked that one. But yeah, uh, my rap though—I I never rapped in my life. Uh, I love Let's rap hear about so your much. Rap career. You want to hear my rap career? Oh yes, my rap I career, hear all about your like rap career. Everything in my life. Uh, everything is make believe and it's not real. And <laughs> refer so, to last episode, the lies yes, episode. So, yes, and so my buddy Pete and myself, who Pete I, told, I mentioned earlier, he was the guy who got beat up with Rapper's Delight as well. Like Rapper's Delight, hated rap music, but loved like all these '80s bands. But we really got this idea that we were going to be a rap band. So instead of actually like. Here's my problem is you have things like even a punk band at one point we were going to have. Mm. And instead of wasting time trying to be good at an instrument <laughs> or actually learning to rap. Wild stallions. We, we skipped that <laughs> and got right into pretending that we were already the biggest rap band in the world and then spent time making merchandise. Yeah, that's the most important and part. We did write some lyrics. But I'm telling you, you were rap. rap warping, and that's hilarious yeah. to me. And we never rap. We made <laughs> album covers, and then we actually recorded uh, press conferences. Amazing. Where Pete, and Pete would be like a guy, and he would actually do different voices. Like, hey, and my name was Spoon James. Hey, <laughs> Spoon James. And I, hey, you know, we met, talk. But then we went even further where, like I ended up doing later with our band in college, we would call people and and ask them questions about our band. And <laughs> what? But we would say. What are you talking was, about? And we would say it was for the the uh, morning call was the local paper yeah. that we'd always use. Uh, and we, oh yes, this is for the morning call. Uh, what do you think about the controversy with our, you know, the, this and that? What do you think, uh, Spoon James leaving the band? Uh, do you have any comment? And the, these people, <laughs> I'm if you could talk, we talked about on the live 
uh, podcast last time. If you talk quick enough and sound like you're doing it, people go with it. And yeah. we actually had a bunch of recordings of older people and people. We would call people's houses that we knew from school, that we knew their mom and dad were like religious. <laughs> and we talk about how the one band that we had. And that's the other thing. This wasn't just one band. We <laughs> made probably about seven bands and they were all in rap battles with each other. So you were and sort of like the ICP. We were the ICP, ICP in my mind. And yes, wow. and, um, I forget the one. That also was a, without uh, making any music, that was it. No, we never made music, <laughs> never made it. But we did write some lyrics. They were all awful. And uh, I actually did have a notebook that I would take to school and write crazy stuff. But it was more rap about like, like how I hated this person or that. It was very. Uh, it was dark like, poetry. No, no, it was more like fourth oh, grade slam stuff. Books, I'm slam telling book you, the right. stuff would be like, uh, like he went to school. He can't dance. There's that guy. He's got the smelly pants. Like it was that bad. What? Like, what, what, what? And then I, huh, huh, huh. And every, every rap with my rap would always start with "I'm Spoon James and I came to say." And then, you know, I'll out-rap you any day. And we, it would just go from there every time. Oh, wow. God, it's so good. Uh, but yeah, did you, did have, you call yourself um, Spoon James after Spoonie uh, G? Uh, no. Guys, like, I just, just want I, Spoon James. So. It, well, here's the deal. It really actually came from a prank that uh, my one buddy Joe played on me that he said that they, it almost like, remember we talked about Sid Finch? Yeah. When said them, well, he had a very similar story where he was telling me that this one uh, high school basketball player was going to be in the Olympics, and his name was Spoon James, and it was just a—it was so stupid. I love the name, so I went with that. And I'm trying to think—I don't even—I'm trying to think. I have to actually think of the raps with the Spoon James because I don't remember what Pete's name was. Uh, probably like Petey Pete. I mean, Petey this, Pete stuff, was, place this to be. stuff was not, uh, you know, you should, have learned, you should have, learned, you should have and, at least learned to play the spoons. Well, yeah. and, well, here's the weird thing is it's me and Pete. Most of the bands had like six guys in it. And so, but, <laughs> but yet we didn't pretend we were those other guys. They were just other guys that we had stories about that just, they, they never hung out, I guess. But yeah, we, all of this was made believe. It was so ridiculous. Was and, and, and we would, we would write up like tours and actually get in arguments about like, if we went, if I said, we're going to Pittsburgh. Next, we're going to Cleveland. Pete would want to go down to Mississippi. I, no, no, we got to cover the fucking, because then we're going yeah. to Chicago. Come on, you can't do that. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, we're you, we're going insane. to Michigan first. You got to go down. Then we're going to go down to, like, fucking St. Louis. Oh, we would get in angry, uh, fucking arguments, and then Pete would start looking up shit and, and would say that there's no clear route from this city. I, it got that bad. And we would just argue and then laugh. And then we'd write more raps, and then we'd record commercials for like a K-Tel record. kissing on each yeah, other? No. <laughs> Make love? No. And then this all, it, this went on like for probably four years. Wow. Had this, and it got, word got around in school that we had a rap band, but we never rapped. And this one guy, Daryl, wanted to join the band. And we didn't want him to join the band. Then he joined the band. And the weird thing is, in the, uh, I'd like to say, it really does remind me uh, of American Dad with legs and the wheel man. Yeah. Because Daryl joined the band. He kind of got the concept of what was going on, and he just joined in with it. Like, he'd come <laughs> to school, and he'd have his itinerary of where we were going to perform. And 
He was very odd. Well, then we had to kick You're him out. Very odd. We had to <laughs> kick him out. Yeah. Well, we had to kick him out because then he started claiming that he came up with I, nothing because there was nothing. That's but unbelievable. He's like, oh, well, you weren't allowed. Like, you weren't about to let him take the credit for something that didn't no, exist. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to take credit for our make-believe rapping. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is, is that it was. He was kind of a friend of mine. He was a little crazy like us, but he ended up becoming like an avant-garde artist. And it really makes sense to me now. Yeah. And I remember his one rap. He did write a rap, and it was about – it was an anti-slavery rap. And, uh, and the big thing was about the, um, the slaves getting shingles. <laughs> what the hell? And, and that's all it was about. But it was like, it was so weird. Was that a real thing that slaves got shingles? I don't know. I still don't know. But every time I hear shingles, I think of slaves. And, uh, (laughs) but it was one of those, like, and the the hook of the song was that instead of releasing singles, he was releasing shingles. Wow. (laughs) It was so stupid. But yeah, we had fucking shirts. I actually had a shirt that I, and now we had shirts. This was me with a marker. Yeah. A shirt, and then I would wear it when I'd play hockey, and it made no sense. But, yeah, I'd have Spoon James on the back, probably a 69. Wow. Like I would do anything to see those No, I didn't. And then, uh, albums. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it was so funny, too, because, like like I said, you, you rap about what you know. I was We tried to, like, pretend we were from the show. The raps all ended up uh, being about hockey <laughs> and shit like that. And they were very odd. And this was this was probably... Like eighty three to eighty seven, and then License to Ill came out, and then I was like, you know what? If I would have fucking just spent one inkling of of a second trying to be something, maybe yeah. I could have done. Because it was kind of, but yeah, it was so weird. It was a whole part of my life. And we did this all the time. We had a uh, like a, we had a folk punk band, uh, but we didn't play any instruments. Uh, the, the rap thing all came to a crashing halt because Jay, uh, Jay Pete's older brother, had had enough of us because we would run home and get all this stuff. And I, like, we would even have the other thing that we would do, we, we would get Pete's mother's uh, albums and we'd put paper in and make our own album cover, right. and we'd like walk around like they, were, they didn't, don't even know. Unbelievable. We'd be like, hey, here's our album. And Jay got so mad that he said, fuck it. You guys are recording something right now. We're recording. And he got all the, we had these books of stuff, and he's like, go. And he sat there and had an electric football uh, thing and beat it with a fucking spoon, and, <laughs> and it just. <laughs> And that was supposed to be the beat, and we quit. We were like, fuck. <laughs> you, 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 didn't even, you didn't even try the nope. first? There was no. never one. I might have said I'm Spoon James, and I'm here to say. I, like, but uh, Jay, knew, Spoon Jay James that, retired that day. Jay knew that anything that we did like this, the minute that we actually had to do it, it was over. Uh, <laughs> he was right, and we got done. And then we were, and we, we actually, years later, were so angry at him because we had so much fun. It was just fun. Yeah, you were having a good time. It was just a oh, really do. great time, though. What at the jerk. end, at the end, we were like 16, still doing it. It was fucking ridiculous. But yeah, by that time, like Eric said about uh, ICP, we had a whole mythology set oh, yeah. out about everything that we did and all these people. And yeah, we would talk about like this guy's. And we, I'd see him in school in the hall. I'm like, hey, I heard that. Frankie P was talking. <laughs> We'd get all riled up and run home and write shit up. And <laughs> so stupid. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's all make believe. 
all make-believe. That's quite a career that you had Yes, there, that's though. my career. My career was nothing. And then I actually went to college and was in a band for five years and made some money and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, up until then, I wanted to be open a... Open for Fog Hat. I wanted to, yep, yeah, open for Fog Hat and uh, fucking a, a couple bands. Freaking Dead Eye Dick, we almost did, but oh, we yeah. turned that down and uh, opened for uh, Kansas. Wow. Once. Kansas. Well, I don't think Eric can claim any of that. I think there was that. one guy, one no, guy. No, not at all. And uh, also open, uh, Reggie would like, uh, they might be giants we opened up for as well. Like nice. Back in my day. Yeah. I? You would. What about all you, right. Eric? Who's next? Eric's Anybody next. Has, yeah, let's get out of the make-believe now, because yeah. Eric actually had a band. They actually did lay down some tracks. We did lay down some tracks. It was, uh, my group was called The Dark Ones. And mostly I just insisted on I try to understand me You say you're really, really But you never really see me Doesn't matter what I say You never wanna believe You never try to conceive The kind of life that I lead Running through my mind I thought some murder indeed The passion burns within me And now it's screaming to feed Don't try to tell me it's a whoop Because I know it's in need And now I know it won't leave Till every one of you bleed Now you're screaming like a bitch And waking up the whole street But hey, that's alright with me There's just more people to me But I'll deal with them later Now I'm tripping your feet And kick step out on your face Through a river dance beat Here comes your fucking neighbor Now he's aiming his piece Telling me to put my hands up Cause it called the police I drop down to my knees And start to cry like a beast I fucking jump in his throat And start to chew off the meat Now the cops are here yelling at me saying I amputate off all the heads and watch them bounce down the street Suck their bodies up, tie it to a pile so neat Make a bonfire, roast the hot dogs off of the heat Now the pain in my head is slowly starting to cease And all the anger that I feel, it all starts to decrease By the time the pain stops, I left ten people to cease Because nobody understands that all I want is some peace Don't ever tell me the way I should uh, be My group was called The Dark Ones And mostly I just insisted on that name because in the beginning of Evil Dead 2 they had this whole narration in the beginning. Oh, the right, Necronomicon right. next morning, written by the Dark Ones. I'm like, yes, the Dark Ones wrote this book. We will be the Dark Ones. It's amazing. So yeah. that's where it all started with that. But um, when I lived above the adult world, we had an extra room. And my buddy Doc was dating my roommate, so he lived there as well. So we just turned the one room into a studio and set everything up because he was already like a guitar player. And Bruno played the drums, so we had all that, and we got, like, Fruity Loops and started making beats and adding shit and stuff like that. So the group just really became Doc, Bruno, and me. And the worst part about it is I was the weak link to the group. I was terrible. Oh, come on. I wouldn't say. I've heard a couple of tracks now. You're not terrible. I'm, I have no rhythm at oh, all. Oh, good. Come on. I, I wanted to so goddamn bad. I'm telling you, I just wanted to write fun-ass songs. Like, I'm telling you, we, like, I'm looking at the fucking track list for the demo we had. It's like Superhero Killers. Uh, this nice. one song called The Seasons, where it was, we got a guy down the corner uh, from an old neighborhood, and his name was Slink, and we needed just another guy because we we're going to make the four seasons of the year personified as killers. Mm. So I was winter, Bruno was spring and summer and blah, blah, blah. And we just rapped about that. And it was just little fun stuff. Yeah, sounds and like a, well, a good creative fun. You sounds know? like a dance song. But you, you, you recorded a demo. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever perform live? Oh, I'm telling you, we performed. Um, Bruno and I used to go drinking all the time. We became friends with all the, like, the DJs who did karaoke who would let us put on our freaking uh, like our CD and shit like that and perform it. So that was fun at times. Other times it was ridiculous, but like I remember at the Gathering of the Jugglers one year, I think it was 2002, we got up on stage. It was a karaoke contest, so you had a bunch of like you know different songs from ICP or Twisted you could sing. We got booed off stage. Ooh. It was terrible. Really? Oh and my it god! It wasn't a good boo, as I learned. 
No, it, it was wasn't not a the good, good kind of booing. <laughs> I wish I was there. And I thought, I thought we were really good. The thing is, there was the whole thing. The song was called Assassins, where it starts out like, wicked clowns, wicked clowns, don't fuck with us. And it's, that's how it starts out, and that's like the chorus. We didn't do that because we thought that was going to be all like, you know, playing over top of us. We're doing the, like the verse, like individual. We didn't do that part. Everybody instantly got mad at us. I don't think we finished the first verse before we got booed off stage. Wow. That's and it was tough. crushing. Was it because it was bad, or did they think you were kind of faking the funk? Or I don't know. I just don't think like, we didn't do what they expected, you I guess. Honestly, the I don't know. song, probably. You know, you were uh, defiling the lyrics song. of the ICP song. I, yeah, but not, mostly it was just us hanging out in the studio. Um, just getting really stoned and drunk and just like laying down. Like one song we had was the Carney Crunk, where we had our big fat retarded friend Knuckles just say, What? What? Yeah. Nice. And that was just hilarious stuff. And then Lil John stole that years later, right? No, I'm telling you, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was like Calliope music with a fucking drum beat and a big fat retarded guy fucking saying, Yeah. Calliope yeah. Music. yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, we used to experiment Leia. with weird stuff. So Bruno, I used to... wasn't that Facts of Life? <laughs> yes, Leia. it was Facts of Life. Blaya, I always, I always had to yell at Bruno. He always wanted to experiment with steel drums. I'm like, no, you wow. got to get the fuck away from these steel drums. Every goddamn song, he starts adding uh, this shit. I'm like, Mexican song. <laughs> They're actually quite beautiful. But, the steel drums. Not for every goddamn song the guy wants to produce. Well, depends how Jamaican you want to be. Yeah, really. But no, it's we, you know, crazy. my uh, stage name was Ominosity or the Gray Man. All now, right. I Would thought it ever, was, were you ever here to say? I was never there to say. <laughs> my whole big thing say. now, I'm like, I'm Ominosity. It's a co combination of ominous monstrosity. I'm like, oh, it's going to be amazing. And then the Gray Man, gray's my favorite color. I love it. And then I heard about the serial killer, Albert Fish, who used to molest boys. I'm like, I can't go by that name anymore. Yeah. Because that's what they called him. Not only molested boys, but also carved up a young girl and ate her buttocks. Yes. And stuff like and that. Stuck I don't really want to be associated. Really? Yeah. You know, He's a fan of the that. cheek meat, that guy. You can learn, you can learn all about <laughs> Albert Fish if you do some do a little research. Yes. Well, my freaking roommate at the time was a gigantic serial killer fan, so I'm just sitting in the house one day. There's a big book on the coffee table. I start going through. Hey, look, the gray man. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He was a little I don't want to be a part of that. Uh, I don't know. That would have given you a little more cred. I, I, to be honest, I think you should have gone with, you know, yeah, gray man, a.k.a. MC Albert Fish. It could have been hot, you know. Could, could have been the hotness. I don't, it was just a lot of fun. Honestly, it was. What really was that like? You did that for like three, four years. It sounds like no. No, we did you it for about two years, probably. Two years, like twenty to twenty-one. Um, twenty-one to twenty-two for me, probably. Okay, I mean it's about right. You know, when you look back on these things, you know, you're like, wow, I really thought I was clever. But, uh, oh, I, I just really wanted to write horror-like stuff. I, like, I'm telling you, we had face paint and shit like that. We were deciding if we are going to go with it. It was honestly kind of an ICP kind of rip-off to a degree. But I just liked hanging out with my buddies and, like, getting stoned and rapping and shit like that, especially if it's going to be, a, like, a horror theme because that's what I was all about. Well, I've made a whole life around that myself, you know. As, as you guys know now and probably have known for a while, I've been rapping for a long, long damn time. I started rapping oh, yeah. when I was 16 years old. Uh, there was a kid named Lukas Polovschik, who was from Poland, who was one of the biggest rap fans I've ever met still to this day. 
Uh, and he wanted to have a rap band with me, a rap group. We called ourselves the New York City Tribe, and it was me and a kid with like a thick, super thick Polish accent. You have to picture this. So, you know, and I'm, I'm also 16, so I don't have the deep baritone voice. And we didn't know any DJs, so we got a guy that was a classically trained bassist who could truly play bass. Probably, I've never seen anybody personally play the bass as well as he did, and a drummer that was on coke. Every single time he ever we ever played, nice. and uh, so he was always way off beat, always fucking up everything. Always a little too quick. And uh, I think I think when I was a teenager, I think we played three or four shows, and they missed all of them. We rehearsed once a week, but they never attended any one of our shows. We always had to like get one of our friends to play beats or do something else, you know, uh, figure something out to try to do these shows. So that was that was really just me kind of starting. And to be honest, when I did it, I figured. Oh, you know, I'll have a I'll have a good time. I'll just do this for a while. Then I went to college, and um, I went to college with a good friend of mine who was making beats. So I recorded some raps throughout college, and I did some open mics. And then after that, I got home, and nice. another friend of mine was making uh, beats. So I would rap with him. Uh, this is my friend Mike G. And uh, after that, I just it just seems to keep happening over and over and over again. Now I'm 40 years old, and I recorded a rap <laughs> song like. You know, a few weeks ago. You know what I mean? It's like it, it happens. It just becomes <laughs> part of my life. Uh, right around 2000, um, really just to uh, annoy people in a, in a really uh, obtuse and hard to explain way, we started, uh, my friend Jimmy and I started a rap group, The Number One Winners, which is uh, includes a bunch of people that don't know they're in the group. Uh, Hulk, Hulk Hogan was in at one time. Eric Estrada was in the group at one time. Nice. A bartender at a bar that I haven't been to. This is starting to sound like Super my group. group. Oh, yeah. It, it is. It, it's very much like, well, you see, the thing was, uh, you know, we talked about Wu-Tang before. Wu-Tang was very yeah. much into having different names, you know. You know, they were both, uh, Method Man was also Hot Nickels. He also had another name I can't remember. And all these different fake gangs, these gang names they would spout off. So we would do the same thing. And uh, number one winners was just one of many. And this, this guy, Ben, who was actually the same guy that I mentioned, I think, in the last uh, podcast, who thought that he could cool Genital off a room. Warts? No, no, the, oh. who thought he could cool <laughs> oh, off a room by TV? turning on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> so he name-checked it. He was rapping with us, and he, he said, you know, the now crew means glory or something to this effect. And we decided that we wanted to promote the now crew just to exclude him. That was the <laughs> only reason. And to keep reiterating that no matter what, he was not in the group. <laughs> and, and could never be in the group and it was just to make him feel excluded and small and uh, I've put out I love you. folks it's just the now crew do not panic do not riot don't be alarmed please do not rush the stage Lately, ladies want to rap with me naturally. naturally. I'm a number one world-class Mac, you see. And actually, there's very few winners in my pack. You see, too many weenies makes it whack. Just ask Joji a member, known to sip the sauce slowly. I remember when he made me wings was on you owe me. And I hit him back with a Benz, that's my homie. And ain't nothing lending ends to a friend that hardly know me. 
that's marvelous. Blow me where the pampers is, my answer the is. The rap DJ's in the same place the dancers I is. I agree, quite scandalous, perhaps a bit cancerous. But a damn sight better than the pandering to gramps and shit. I got a Macintosh amp and some speakers in my man's crib and keeps it real like skanks. Eating some damn ribs. That's manly, if you don't approve Stanley, leave Jack alone about his dandy moves. Jack. Jack. Under number one winners, Jimmy and I have put out, uh, I think, four albums. And then we did a fifth album dedicated to the Waffle House called the Elkton Bros. Album is called The you Wizards. We love that Waffle House. We love that dub, man. Gotta have that dub. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's ridiculous. All my raps are like mostly comedy or they're just about people I grew up with in Flushing. But it's amazing to me. You know, I, it's nothing. I never aspired to be a rapper. I never saw it myself. I haven't, you know... We never really played a show, Jimmy and I. We uh, we did something at somebody's New uh, New Year's Eve party years back, but that was all it was. Uh, but rap is just something I do. It's like one of the like reading comic books and fucking yeah. you know watching movies and rapping. It just becomes part of like one of my hobbies. So that's that's who I am, folks. Reggie the rapper. And you know, last time uh, I think uh, Eric said that you know Regicide would have been a good rap name. Well, that's where it comes from. That was my rap name when I was about 16, 17. I was Regicide. Nice. The brilliant... I think you should be Reggie the Reckless now. Uh, maybe, maybe. You know, it seems a little silly, but, you know. But, uh, it's very silly Spoon, awesome. How does Spoon James go with you? you, you <laughs> Spoonie, like that, Spoonie that, James and Reggie the Reckless. Spoonie you James. Think that could be a group right there. And, Spoonie and, James. And Abinosity. You think the three of us could come together and do a jail of soul as, of our own? As long as I'm that's allowed to group. come here to say. <laughs> I tell you, I, that's all I got. I can talk about murder, and he's here to say we're he's, in. I'm here to say, and I I beatbox with the worst of them. Sounds That's like a all super group. It's funny too. We we were gonna do this. I actually this week was going to suggest us doing a rap song for this podcast. Well, and now I really wish we did. Well, that could still happen. <laughs> that could. I really would love to have like crazy rap song, or just for our other podcast, just for the Weird Science podcast. I'd love to have a couple rap. We have a little rap uh, deal. We might even have a Again. rap battle. Maybe I don't know. No I came rhythm. up with seven guys right now that are all rap battling each other. <laughs> Come on, I know, I know, I know, I know Paul B is going to want to do a little rap. Come on, get on the get on the right. track, brother. Yep, Brendan Paul will get B. On. I know he will. Yeah. All of them will. And in fact, we had a couple of guys who were going to make a rap song for us and never came through. So I don't know what's going on with that. But yeah, I want I want some rap I want going. That rap song. We want rap. Rappy. Well, yes. I think I think we have proved conclusively that we, rap has coursed through all of our lives in ways unexpected and unexpected, and uh, has made us almost all, cult-like. Fine. Almost a cult-like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's funny too because now people will realize when I do mention rap, that's why I don't mention Tupac or anything yeah. past. A certain time. You'll never hear me say any of that because I have no idea, and I, I'm not going to make up that I do. I have no idea. Once, uh, Probably 92. I'm out. Maybe yeah. it probably, 91 does seem like a really, like that is the year, that the end of 91 I was done, but yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It's, it's I not actually, crazy because 91 is the year uh, that uh, the first... Wu Tang album came out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah,
game on a nigga Who bust our fuck ass up Yo, hut one, hut two, hut three, hut Old dirty bastard, live and uncut Styles unbreakable, shatterproof To the young youth, you wanna get gun? Shoot, blah! How you like me now? Don't fuck the style, ruthless wow Do you wanna get your teeth knocked the fuck out? Wanna get on it like that? Well then shout! Your RZA, your RZA, hit me with the major The damage, my clan understand it, be flavor Gunning, coming, coming at ya First I'm gonna get ya, once I got ya, I got ya You could never capture the method man stature For rhyming, for rapture Got niggas resigning, now master my staff Never, I put the fucking buck in the wildcat of terror Raise the sharp, I sever The head from the shoulders, I'm better than my competitor You mean competitor, whatever, let's get together Shame on the nigga who tried to run think that if I would have stuck around a little bit longer, I think Wu-Tang would have been something I would have been really into. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't stick around that long. And uh, yeah, shit kind of changed on me and it became weird and crazy. Well, you know, that you, 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 one thing I wanted to mention, uh, and this this isn't something I, I don't think Eric will have a connection to, but, you know, Jim, when, when, when we first listened to rap, well, you can still, you know, listen. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> When we, you know, when we first listened to rap, Jim, you remember every rap album uh, up to a certain point, no matter who did it, had to have a pro-black song. And oh yeah, they, they all, had, even if it wasn't a pro-black, you know, it, well, it didn't have to be X Clan. Everybody, even third base, even even the white rappers had yep. a pro-black song. And it's funny because uh, uh, now, obviously, especially Public Enemy with with all that, but then all of a sudden, then. Freaking then Run DMC all yeah. of a sudden had you know and yeah and it, it just was odd. I mean, uh, apartheid was big. You know, there was there was sort of a political thing going on. But uh, it, it, to me, as a young person, as a young guy listening to rap, that was what rap music was. That was how you made an album. You had to have at least one song like that. Yeah. And around ninety one, ninety two, that's when that ended. You no, yeah, long, yeah. you no longer had rappers doing the pro black songs uh, as a matter of course. Uh, and eventually going into guys like you know Biggie and and Tupac that would yeah, that's glorify other that. aspects I, of yeah of I wonder culture. if it I wonder if it just was uh, just somebody in the business kind of pushing them towards that because you're right it, they all did have that yeah the people but it even like I said even Run DMC out of nowhere it, it they had one and it it kind of threw me like Public Enemy I went in yeah you know what they're about that that was yeah. the thing I remember and. One of the things about rap music that, that got me, too, was other music didn't make me want to research things or whatever. I remember actually wondering what Farrakhan was about. Yeah. And then I went, I was like, holy crap. And then I went to college, and he actually was supposed to uh, ha speak at West Virginia. And uh, people went nuts, and he ended up, they ended up canceling it. And I actually was upset, and I wasn't going to go anyway. But I was upset because it, it just seemed odd. You're and like to me... Don't tell me that uh, you was, understand until you hear the man, brother. You know, come yeah, on. Yeah, but it was more like, hey, you know, if people want to see him and stuff like that, and I, I'd have to say that because of Public Enemy, I actually thought that way. Uh, not that, like I said, I read it, some of the things, and yeah, it was not for me. Well, due, due, was, due, to, due to Public <laughs> Enemy, I read Mal the autobiography of Malcolm X. I read I that actually, as well. I actually did listen to, or, or I paid attention. I was like, all right, you want me to hear Farrakhan? But, you know, back in those days, you couldn't hop on YouTube and just pull up no, a clip, no, whatever. No. So the next time he was in the news, I paid attention. And the next time he was in the news was when he said the mothership was coming to collect all the black people and, yeah. and bring them back to uh, probably about the, the planet same time. Yes. And I yeah, was like, he, ah, well, maybe not crazy. so much for that. Oh, like, listen, I like the bow ties, but you, you're, a little, you're a little wacky there, buddy. But, yeah, uh, but 
Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm glad. Uh, even when I got out of rap, I really, like to this day, uh, I'll hear some songs. Uh, my son Rafe, really, that's his favorite music. And I'm glad that I'm not like my father that would just yell and scream. Yeah, I might say to him, like I said, the uh, like, Emma, does this guy ever get happy? What the hell? You know, but I, I don't mind them listening. And yeah. Meet Eddie, 23 years old. Fed up with life and the way things are going, he decides to rob a liquor store. But on his way in, he has a sudden change of heart. And suddenly, his conscience comes into play. All right, stop. Now before you walk in the door of this liquor store and try to get money out the drawer, you better think of the consequence. Who are you? I'm your motherfucking conscience. That's nonsense. Go in, gaffle the money, and run to one of your aunt's cribs. And borrow a damn dress, the one of a brown wig. And I'm telling you, need a place to stay. You'll be safe for days if you shave your legs with grenades, razor blades. Yeah, but if it all goes through like it's supposed to, the whole neighborhood knows you and they'll expose you. Think about it before you walk in the door first. Look at the store clerk, she's older than George Burns Fuck that, do that shit, shoot that bitch Can you afford to blow this shit? I do that rich? Why you give a fuck if she dies? Are you that bitch? Do you really think she gets a fuck if you have kids? Man, don't do it, it's not worth it to risk it right. Not over this shit, Stop. drop the biscuit Don't even listen to Slim, yo, he's bad for you You know what, Dre? I don't like your attitude Lamb and Emma, does this guy ever get happy? What the hell, you know, but I, I don't mind them listening And yeah, we had that story on the regular podcast That my son, Zach, uh, would listen to N.W.A. with me And then go in, and this one friend named was Lorenzo and he went to school and yelled that Lorenzo was rolling in the benzo because every time he would say, oh, yeah, Lorenzo's coming. Lorenzo rolling in the benzo. And then he went and repeated it, and it caused a little bit of a hassle uh, for our family there. Oh, well, then yeah, you had to uh, bad parent. Yeah. Uh, now they were at a charter school, so it was one of those. If it was public school, that would have been freaking swept under the rug. But at that point, we were at, they were at a charter school, and there was not that many kids in the class. Well, uh, but yeah, I I really like I said I listen. It's weird too because at one point I and I would I would pay attention, but uh, once the rap then became like uh, to me now it is hard to find a rap song that doesn't have five people on it and somebody singing. Yeah, everything is this featuring that and and that sort of I'm not that into that as well. Yeah, but, especially yeah. you don't know who like any of them are. No, I'm like, who's this? But it's everything's featuring somebody. I'm like, yeah. who actually? It's funny, too, because to me, when I hear this or see it, I try to figure out who the fuck song it actually is. And I, it's a fucking, you know, a, a maze of trying to figure see, out I, who actually is getting paid. I have no idea who the artists are today, the rappers or whatever. If I hear a song, I like it. That's fine. I will not. That's as far as I take it, though. I'm not going to look into no, it because like I, I have said, no idea kinda, what's going on today. I, I am out, out of it. I mean, the world but of yeah. getting music is just different too. You know, you hear you hear a song that could be the only song that person made. You know, there, yeah. there's no well, album the behind it. Thing. Yeah, or you find out. Yeah, you find out that oh, their album's uh, you know dropping in uh, fucking six months. What what the hell? But, but that, yeah, some people. Will, the singles are how you make money. Yeah, I mean that's all. That's all it is now. You know that they just make yeah. their nine nine cents per download and that's move on to the next yeah, single. That's where you get you get this crazy where you have a rapper who's on seventeen different albums right now or different songs with people and yeah, that's the way to make money. Now I will say that throughout the years, uh, I did notice that for some reason, whether it's because of the hustling or whatever, that rappers definitely were the ones who got the idea of how to make more money 
outside of just their yeah. rapping, things like that. Like, they right away, people were, they were... Yo, this is Jazzy Jeff. And how did I get my starter hat to look like this? The Jazzy Jeff breakdown. First you grab the hat. Then you grip the hat. Then you flip the hat. Make sure it's a starter hat. Then you raise the hat. Then you slam the hat. Then you twist the hat. Then you turn the hat. Then you spin the hat. Then you smooth the hat. Hey, don't forget, they, look right for the star. People were, they were, that's all they, you know, money, money, money. Clothing and, yeah, lines, there was, getting on. There's uh, no, like, you had that movies. crazy, you know, in the 90s when freaking Nirvana and the grunge and, the, you know, nobody wanted to admit that they wanted to be rock stars or make money. Phew, those rappers, they were, they, they were, were right they in. They were okay with making money. <laughs> oh, yeah, are. that's all. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's great. I think it's funny, too, and that leads just like we said with ICP. How they, you know, you have a brand and you get this stuff and all the merchandise. Dude, I got like, like four jerseys smart. and they're at least a hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's crazy. They're leather jerseys no, and uh, shit. No adult should have a jersey. Here. Oh, <laughs> come on! Now, that's I, a, I was, I was like eighteen and nineteen when I bought them. Does that count? That's okay. yeah. That's maybe a, that's another was, podcast entirely. Now, come on. Yeah. But Jim, I want you to think of something. Jersey or ACP, dear. What's that? When you hear your kids' rap music or when you hear rap music out in the wild, I want you to remember something. What's that? It's not for you. It isn't for me. No. I was told that right away. <laughs> it's a weird thing that you would have, if this was a movie, you would have that beginning with you'd see this yeah, freaking six-year-old kid getting punched and then gradually starting to get into this thing and then completely out again. And yes, at the end, I'm Wasn't an old man. is that Batman's origin? It might be. I'm, a, I'm an old man on the fucking porch. And I, it's not for me. Not for me. Now, no. Yeah, they shaped your Rose entire Blood personality. Incest. Where's Melly Mel? That guy owes me a nickel. That son of a bitch. Well, where's where's Eric B? That'll probably be happening for you in a couple of weeks. I have a feeling you'll be on the porch. Uh, on the porch. I don't go out on the porch. Too many people walk by this house. I, I don't need to see that. Freaking, freaking Eric. Humongous traffic in your area. Uh, Johnny B, the homo sapien that you like. That guy, <laughs> that guy, just, the guy just walks by, and they're always asking me for money. I, I don't have any money. What, what do I have? Asking in the for money? What the? Anyway, uh, this is, this is <laughs> I'm getting off the rails here. Yes, uh, I'm getting tired. I want, I want to thank everyone for listening to Reggie's Choice this week on Just for the Hell of It podcast. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. I want to thank the two of you guys, too, for being so forthcoming. I think you did a great job, and we learned a lot about each other and ourselves. <laughs> and a lot about how crazy Jim is, which is something I we continue, we continue to learn every episode. Every episode. There's it. more. We didn't even get to the thing. There was a part of uh, here where you were joking around in our outline and asked uh, if we ever had a time where we held a gun sideways. And I did have a story with that, which is going to be my ending, where my dad was really into guns. I hate guns. I don't know about you, Reggie. Yeah, I know not, Eric doesn't like them as no. well. I've only ever Neither held a gun I. once in my entire life. Me too. And it was Actually, no, my... Twice. Okay, well, my dad had a handgun and handed it to me, and I had it, and I had it sideways, and he, he hit me in the back of the head and told me I wasn't Puerto Rican. There wow. you go. Their story. Every time. You're and like ass, I said, I always, it's weird because I, I, I consider my dad not to be racist, but every time I think of these stories, he seemed very racist. Yeah. And then I got my hoopsie <laughs> and went the hell home. 
Listen, he was just he was just telling you that you're not Puerto Rican. It wasn't racist. He did tell me that. He also explain. told me that I wasn't black when I tried to break That's dance. Right. And really, all he and had to say was, he "said This is not for you." Yes, and then hit me in the face. <laughs> all he had to do when I was break dancing, just go up and say, "Here, hand me a mirror, like a full length mirror, and let me put it there and watch myself." I'd be done. I was. <laughs> I had like a, a weird shuffle going. That was my whole break. You know when they do like the where you're moving your hands and kind of moving side to side. <laughs> do you like have the, any like idea? The Breakfast Club dance when they when they do this. No, shitty. not like that. Almost like it, it was a white version of MC Hammer. Oh, like boy. you know when he's doing his feet like that. But this was more of like a a jive move with my hands. It was. Uh, yeah. I would consider you know it when called awkward. You know when people would see, uh, back in the day, they'd score a touchdown and do the thing where they do with the, the hands and the knees? Yeah. Yes, yes. Switch them it, back it was kind of It was kind of like that. And I'd kind of go around, and then I'd fall and or wow. hit my bed. That's as far as I got. I tried a head spin once. I got dizzy. I'm the worst. Yeah. Illegal head I'm spins. I'm James, and I'm here to real. say. That's all I got. I keep it real. And, yeah, I well, have anyway, nothing else. If you guys want to, uh, you know, book Jim for your next rap affair or get Eric you want to write some lyrics for you. You want yeah. some beatboxing. You want something. You got to email us at justforthehellofitpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, again, thanks for listening, everybody. Next episode will be something else. Yes, that's my pick next. Boom. We rock. Check out how we rock for you. And if you don't believe it, you just check out how we rock for you. And if you don't believe it, you just check out how we rock.